Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's a Dublin R488. It's AW All In. And I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire Dublin R team. Up first by my side for every WWE and AW show. It is, of course, the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How's it going, Jaxie? Hello, hello. It's going well, thank you. Happy Sunday, everyone. Yeah, can you believe it is a week ago today that we were at Wembley seeing all in? Eh? It doesn't feel like it, does it? I really did. I woke up today kind of just reliving like the, the morning of all in and just kind of remembering the excitement and just sort of getting up and getting ready straight away. It, it was a very weird feeling to know that you're actually going to see a pay-per-view, a premium live event or pay-per-view. Um live and just actually going there live rather than actually sort of like going about your day for the whole day waiting for the day to end avoiding social media all day for the monday to then catch up with it you know like then um yeah it was just really surreal to be honest uh and i kind of missed that feeling already (laughs) yeah well hopefully we we, again it is going to happen spoiler alert next year so hopefully we'll have that feeling but we are going to rule in but we're not alone because up next, our resident NXT expert and New Japan deity, it is Monty. How's it going, Monty? Man, you're pulling the double this weekend. Yep, yep. Still working me to death, as always. But it's okay because at least I'm doing doing something I, I love. So, you know, that's the way I got That's how I console myself after being very, very uh, exhausted after all this work you give me. But, no, uh, how do you guys feel, man? You guys are a part of history. I've been to some shows, but I've never been a part of history. You can, you can t- pass it down to your nieces, nephews, kids, whatever you decide to have in the future, and say that you were a part of the most attended wrestling events, depending on how long they last. I don't know, because wrestling is in a boom period. Everyone is selling all types of stuff. But you guys are a part of history, so you know, hold on to that. It's incredible. How do you guys feel? Yeah. Well, I wish I'd written your intro because you've done the job for me, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about that. Like, so we're going to delve in, speak about our day, do all the stuff we normally do. Because, like I said, people listening as well, we are very lucky here on the Double Night Podcast this past year, as it were, to be to so many events and be able to view it, you know, with that um, kind of perspective. Uh, but, Monty, I should let you know, and I didn't mention it yesterday, but there were two incidents mm-hmm. at All In. Now, we all know about Punk and Perry, but another one that we've not spoken about is between me and Gina. Now, again, oh, wow. I I was completely... Right, it is, it is completely me. Uh, I I celebrated a match too, too hard. It was, Monty, it really was, you know. Um... <laughs> And uh, Gina hasn't spoken to me since, so I'm I'm hoping we can we can sort saying out, you know. And it, and it and it got me thinking, you know, it got me thinking. What have I got to do to kind of make her want me? What have I got to do to be heard? What do I say when it's all over? Sorry, it seems to be the hardest word. I mean, it's sad, so sad. It's a sad, sad situation, and and it's getting more and more absurd. It's sad. It's sad. Why can't we talk it over? Because it seems to me that sorry seems to be the hardest word. Gina, I'm sorry. I love you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I, I slightly forgive you. 
maybe we'll see at the end of the pod if I fully forgiving you. Um, but again, I took it personally. Yeah. So, yeah. But up until that point, you really enjoyed it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all in was great up I until that point. Everything until you ruined it. Yeah, traitor. You traitor. Yeah, you really no, did I, betray her, James. Yeah. What, what, wow. what, was, what was worse is I kind of jumped in the middle of them and then started kind of putting them in headlocks. It, it wasn't pretty. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> no. wow. It happened. You know, um, the truth, Monty, the truth is, you know me and Gina actually ganged up on his ass. And he was in the corner crying like a little girl. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure I know, yeah, know what... Monty believes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. One story is way more convincing than the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Tina, you're right, though. And like I said, you've kind of, we're, we're going to get through this together. We're going to have a, it's a bit like the AEW locker room. You know, we might not get on, but we're going to see. Gonna get, get it oh, wow. We're done, there, man. You know, honestly, like, I don't know. Like, Monty, man, like, it's, yeah. Like, I thought I lost them. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Places, so I wasn't next to him. Yeah, she actually started talking to a complete stranger uh, and oh, ignoring me uh, completely. And I get that guy had like the best event ever. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> he'll never forget. He was there alone, so I was providing him some extra company anyway. Yeah. Wow, just ruining the chemistry of this team that we built, James. Wow, one show. He doesn't walk to himself as well, Monty. I honestly tried to like sort of be sort of Switzerland, be the middle person. Right, but James right. kept he continued to ruin it. He, he he continued to put his foot in his mouth. So he's only got himself to blame here. I do apologize wow. for taking my top off and also for what I did with that bottle of water. <laughs> uh, and again, like I said, you just, Monty, you've been to wrestling events, you know what it's like. You get a bit hyper excited and and all of a sudden, you're bringing out your face paint. Monty, when we get to it in the event, just know that as a, a witness to the event, I will let James say his piece, and then I will just give you sort of the, you know, the, uh, what do you, uh, how do you, America, say it? The, the, is it the 414 in terms of, like, the download? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the four one four. Yeah, the four one four. Well, like I said, Monty, whilst you were messaging us about Punk and Perry, I had my own problems to deal with. So there is a committee review about my actions, uh, and we're hoping to hear about them uh, oh, wow. in, in a week. Yep. <laughs> so we'll find out. Yep. But I have not been suspended. Uh, that is the good thing about it. <laughs> so we are going to continue at this moment. Um, like you said, Monty, we have got history coming up and everybody is together so we're going to catch up with AEW first and foremost and we had the own heart tournament uh and the men's first round cm punk remember him he beat kojima joe beat strong hobbs beat dustin who bled of course ricky starts beat juice starts beat hobbs in the semi with punk beating joe the final in calgary ricky starks beating cm punk now gina this is a long time ago but still ricky starks winning is always a good thing surely Was that rhetorical? Oh, no, I'm just asking. But what your fo- see, <laughs> see, Monty, it's already started. Is it, that's I knew this would happen? No, I'm yeah, saying. I'm not even trying to give <laughs> you a bit of a stupid question, wasn't it? 
No, I mean, I'm how not did you say, feel? Then? All right, I'll change the question. I'll change the question. How did you feel about Ricky exactly starts winning? he lose some matches. I'm always going to want him to win. Do you think it's a good thing he won the Owen Hart tournament in your mind? Like, can you see him having a, a better year now? That's it. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I'm glad. Like I'm gl- attitude comes. From you, James. Like, what's your problem with Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't got a problem. I'm, there's nothing wrong with Ricky. You're just like Jr. You're like a disappointed father, and the way you said that is like you, you're not happy that Ricky won this. So, what's your problem with Ricky? No, I, I, I literally haven't got a problem with Ricky. I was just asking, <laughs> as seeing as you're a Ricky Starks fan, you how you thought. <laughs> I definitely agreed with him winning this. I think it helps his character and, and building him too. So I'm I'm definitely pleased. I'm overjoyed. Yeah, I'm glad. This hopefully it's gonna be a long show. Anyway, uh so we'll move on then. So we talk about the women's own heart tournament. Uh Athena beating Biddy Starks in the first round with Skybrew beating Anna Jay, with and Gale beating Nyla Rose, Ruby Silo beating Brit Breaker, DMD. In the semi-finals, Ruby beat Sky Blue. Uh, and we see Willow Nightgale going through to the final, beating Ruby. So Ruby losing for the second year in a row. So Jaxie, Willow Nightingale winning your own heart tournament. That's good, isn't it? Because she's been gaining a lot mm. of momentum since the start of the year. Mm, definitely. I mean, she's she's had a great uh, run of a year so far within 2023. You've got to kind of remember, she kind of debuted on Rampage or, or like, rather in a Ring of Honor match on Rampage and, and things like that. Um, and, like, just to see, like, the progress that she's had, you know, she's gone on and won the first ever New Japan Women's Strong Championship. She had a great match against Mercedes Monet, even though it kind of sadly um, ended with Mercedes being injured. Uh, she, she's such a, a great baby face as well on AEW that, like, you're you're just kind of always happy when you hear her music, everything. So... Uh, I was really pleased to see she was part of uh, the tournament in the first place. And um, ultimately, I had gone with, like, you know, sort of like a, a heel pick and a, and a face pick uh, for the women's division. I was really happy with the outcome because my heel pick was Athena. I think she's had a really great uh, reign as Ring of Honor Women's Champion at the moment. And, um, you know, she, she's underappreciated, I think, for, for her level of wrestling. Um but my feel, my face pick was Willow Nightingale, so I was really pleased to see, uh, like her coming into the finals like this. Uh, again, just really enjoying her character. She's she's the type of face character that you you never need to turn heel, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's so much fun, and like I said, a bit Fina as well in a, a semi final, mm-hmm. her first loss in about a year, even though we yeah. didn't really know about it because it's just in Ring on Honor. But like I said, good good yeah. stuff. Uh, most of the matches for that one collision alongside FTR versus White and Juice, who are having back-to-back match of the year nominations. We had Rampage 100 with Dark Order beating Hung Bucks. Blood and Guts was coming up with Kota Ibushi, announced as the Elite's fifth member. Monty, why is it important with Kota Ibushi? What is the history with Kenny Omega people who don't know it, you know? Yeah, yeah, long-time tag team partners. Also great rivals, uh, you know, best friends, lovers. You know, they are the golden lovers. They are the him and Kenny Omega have uh just a bond that's just deeper than wrestling. They've just always been that way all the way back to their DDT days in Japan. 
and leading into the New Japan days uh, in, uh, in Japan. So Kenny and Kota Ibushi just they they fought back in the day, had a uh, you know as as two junior heavyweights, which is kind of crazy to think about when I look at them now. Uh, but yeah, uh, they both they they were great, great rivals and even better tag team partners, and they would. They have an awesome moves set together, and it's just a whole lot of things that make people love uh, the, uh, them together. And when Kota Ibushi is with Kenny and the Bucks, they make the Golden Elite, and they their whole mission statement is to change the world. And you can't tell me that if you look at where we are now, based on where we were just four or five years ago, that the Elite has not had a hand in changing the wrestling world. So, yeah. Uh, they're, like I said, two of the, the best and two of the most influential when it comes to the current style of professional wrestling over the last five to ten years. Yeah, right out. Pac was uh, Blackpool Combat Club's pick, and that was July 19th, Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club. But before that, Jungle Boy was no more. A video package cut off Tarzan Boy and featured Perry apparently burying his Jungle Boy persona. He then beat Hook for the FTW title. Gina, what do you think of Jungle Boy's new direction, or Jack Perry, as it was now, getting rid of the Jungle Boy and going hill? Is it going to work for him? Uh, I think it will. Um, I I kind of was waiting for this to come. I knew at some point he was going to drop the Jungle Boy persona and just become Jack Perry and, you know, go on a serious, you know, run for for the main picture, uh, title picture. But um, I, th- I, I hope it works and I hope it pans out. Um, I feel quite tentative with it at the moment. It is working for me and I'm liking to see this new Jungle Boy come out. And I think he's just going to continue to grow as he goes on. So I think like even with each week, I like his persona of it more and more. I think it's a lot to take from going from his happy jungle boy persona to this serious jack perry who's trying to be you know not an annoying character but more of a annoyed character who's done with being the nice guy and done with being in a tag team partnership he wants to be out there for just himself and so i hope that his character will work out but i feel like i i gotta grow to like him each week i see him you know and do you know what it is i don't his entrance music. I just, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what it is. The opposite it just of what it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Thank I you, Christian Cage, it. by the way. Thank you, Christian Cage. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is. Really yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing that I actually want to add on to what my sister said about the entrance music. It it's too slow and too to build up. So like he really has to take his time coming out, which means like it's just going to be kind of a very drawn out entrance, and he he doesn't really need that. Like I think he could have just done with like different. I think the entrance music is just it doesn't work. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's not the music that I don't like. I just don't like the pairing. I think it's very slow and drawn out to begin with. It kind of reminds me of, I don't know how many people pay attention to this sort of like entrance music, but it kind of reminds me of Marina Shafir's like music when she first joined AEW. Uh, it, it's very quiet to start off with. So for, you, you really don't know who it is coming out, first of all, because you can't really hear it. Um Unless you're obviously live and you can see it up big, you know. 
Um, so I think sometimes, you know, we, we don't talk enough about how entrances can make an impact. And for some reason, like the impact is not there for me with this heel turn that Jack Perry is doing. I mean, I'm a little bit opposite in my thoughts and feelings towards this Jack Perry persona. I actually like it. And I think if he actually continues to build on this persona that he's now become, um, I actually think that he really can perfect the like sort of arrogant, uh, like sort of like really young Christian Cage sort of arrogance, you know, like when he first turned on Edge and that sort of arrogance, that's what he's reminding me of at the moment. Mm. Um, and I think he can hone it. I think he can like really like go well as a heel, to be honest, uh, which I wouldn't have said before. But I think the transition has been slow, yes. But I think he's needed that to actually really perfect what what he will become. So I'm intrigued and excited to see where things go. But I don't think the entrance music is impacting his heel persona enough. I just don't think it works. So I have to agree with my sister on that statement that I don't like the music. But it must have cost so much to get the rights to that as well. Yeah, well, Tony don't care. He's got money for days, <laughs> isn't he? You know, like... Um... <laughs> But uh, we'll see. We then see Blood and Guts, which was the Golden Elites, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, Young Bucks, and the debut in Kota Ibushi against Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Willie Utah, Kazuki Takeshita, and the Bastard Pack. Callis pulled Takeshita out. The Golden Elite choked out Willie with still take off Moxley. Had no choice but to watch. Uh, Monty, what were your thoughts on Blood and Guts? Because if you don't like this type of matchup, you're going to hate it. But if you love, like, better nails and, and blood and barbed wire, then this is going to be for you. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100% with that. I think that's basically my takeaway from it also. It wasn't really to my taste, mostly because I, not only was it a little long, I just, like you said, once you see, once Moxley takes the, 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 the uh, no, Kenny took one too, right on the bed of nails or whatever. Once you do the bed of nails spot and all of that, like, once you see someone foul on something very, very short, and Kota Ibushi was falling back on it on purpose, just oh, taking yeah. back bumps for no reason, just to show that he's a psychopath, I guess, after the match. But, uh, yeah, uh, once you've seen it a couple of times, you pretty much got what this match was all about. And basically, the the, the big twist or the big hook in the end with, uh, like I said, to catch and pull it out, okay, you're right, that makes sense. Don Callis, slimy, of course, he's going to protect his investment. I like it. But, Pac, just turning on them on basically on a limb, kind of just like, oh, you to beat. So they did not have their, their team together whatsoever. And you're fighting the elite who was finally united again, basically, at this point. So it just seemed like a big a miscalculation that made the uh, Blackpool Comeback Club look bad. And I get it. They're missing Danielson. And Danielson probably would have been there. if uh, I think we know he would have been in that spot if he wasn't hurt. So maybe we get a different little hook for the finish if. Uh, if that doesn't, t- you know, if he's not hurt, but honestly, it just that was pretty much one of the only things I didn't too much care for. I was just like, okay, well, I mean, I would have liked it if he at least stuck it out and just lost the match instead of just them arguing and, and breaking, you know, and splitting up. Now, I did set up some nice stuff going forward, so I didn't mind that when it comes to Claudio and Pack later on for in Ring of Honor, if anybody even catches that stuff. Uh, but again, like I said, uh, it, it was a fine match, like I said, but it's not really. If you're if it's not to your taste, if you're not into that, then I understand completely if you just hated it. 
But to me, it was entertaining enough, and it was definitely cool for me to see the Elite all together. But, yeah, just, again, not necessarily the the greatest blood and guts thing to me. But I haven't really been too high on any of their blood and guts, really, to be honest, to me personally. So that's where I stand on it. But I'm not mad at anyone who loved it. Uh, then we get the random tag team eliminated with MJF and Adam Cole. The hijinks got them a tag title shot beating Sammy and Danny in the finals. Uh, it's great dance off, by the way. Uh, on collision, MJF and Adam Cole came up short versus FTR. Afterwards, MJF uh, Cole turned his back, gave MJF a chance to knock him out, but they hugged as MJF cried. And then on Dynamite 200, the main event was made official. MJF versus Adam Cole. Gina, what, again, this is difficult because this is all in basically main event now, but what have you thought of the hijinks between MJF and Adam Cole and being brought together? But for me, it felt random at first, but is it working? Um, For sure. For me, it's working, definitely. I think because of the groundwork that MJF and Adam Cole are both putting into this storyline, not just on on the televised shows like um, Dynamite and Rampage, but also on their personal social medias, i.e. X or Twitter, um, and even Adam Cole's Twitch page. You know, um, Adam Cole is a big gamer and a big streamer. He's known as the Chugs on Twitch. And even in one of his streams, MJF interrupted him gaming by calling him and was trying to come up with uh, the name for the double clothesline, or no, it wasn't that. It was it was something like that anyway. But either way, Adam Cole was like, look, I'm not talking about this. I'm trying to game. Can you get off my phone? But it was hilarious. So I think the groundwork that they put into this is making it work. I was really skeptical at first, and I also was like, I was not into it when they first paired them together. I didn't see why they were doing this um, and what outcome they were looking to get with this storyline. But for me, at the moment, it's it's just worked because they both both the guys have put that much effort into it. Yeah, without a doubt. We see Sheeda beating Tony Storm to win the AW Women's title as well. Uh, JAS left Chris Jericho. Young Bucks beat the Hardys. Uh, we find out it's going to be FTR versus Young Bucks at All In. We have Jungle Boy beating RVD. Now, Jax, you have this on your bingo card for 2023. Jungle Boy versus RVD. RVD didn't look too bad, though, did he? To be yeah. fair. Right? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I I think when we first see him, he's like just kind of comes out, first of all, as an announcement that like he would challenge uh, Jungle Boy. And kind of the way that he was walking made me worry, like, oh, is he fit enough to be able to, like, you know, go a full match with Jungle Boy? Then all of a sudden the match happened and that came out of nowhere. RVD still has it, honestly. Uh, he kind of just took me back to the nostalgia days. I started reminiscing about, you know, how amazing his hardcore matches actually really were. Um, I'm really reappreciating uh, the legend that is RVD and and what he had done, you know, like kind of going through it again. It was, like, really nice to see him. So this kind of, for me, was like a really feel-good match. And to see, like, RVD persevere so well, like, I knew I, that the outcome would be that Jungle Boy would definitely cheat. Like, that is to help continue this Hill persona of his. Uh, but, like, it, they really gave a great match. They didn't, like, take anything from RVD. And I really appreciate that because uh, I, I really think the crowd really appreciated seeing, like, how well he still has it. 
you know? Yeah, I think without shadow of doubt, really, really good stuff from RVD. On collision, and to nobody's surprise, Ricky Starks has been suspended for 28 days, so he is safe from Gina. We knew this was going to happen at some point, uh, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Gina, <laughs> it's been a bit of a upsetting news, Gina, but you understand why Don't they did it. Have sent Tony that three-page letter on why he should let me backstage at Wembley when Ricky's there. <laughs> really, because that just made him pull the plug on even bringing Ricky to London. Especially being written I was in dev- blood wasn't probably the best <laughs> idea. Do you know what I mean? So, I thought add to the sentiment, James. You know, I, no, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. But no, that was really frustrating to hear, to be honest. I just, I think I was actually on call with Jatsy at the time and I just burst out crying. Oh, no. I was like, they're screwing me, sis. Oh, wow. That's Honestly. Just... He beat down a 70 year old man and he steal your hand. Oh, man. You'll stand, you'll stand by with him with through anything. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well,. <clears throat> oh. We'll move on and we saw on Dynamite. Uh, Eddie Kingston returned. Will Ospreay attacking Jericho. The go home Dynamite changed a couple of things on the card. Ray Phoenix was written out because of visa issues. Santana returned to help the BCC's assault on Eddie and Penta. The Jericho and Ospreay had a contract signing. Ospreay saying the match is going to change his life. After he beats Jericho, he's going to be the only man to say he's beaten Jericho, Omega, and Okada in two months. Called this the biggest match of his career, bigger than WrestleMania. All right, Chris. Uh, but Monty, this is the Will Ospreay that we know, and he seems motivated. And the rumors about having six months uh, left on his New Japan contract as well is putting him in the window at the perfect time here, isn't it? Yeah, 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 man. And I think at the end of the day, I think every time Ospreay's contract has been up over the last three or four years, uh, He's always garnered a lot, a lot of attention. I remember a few years back before the pandemic, and uh, I think one time in 2021 when he had a freedom, it was a lot of people who definitely was courting him. But I think where he, where his stock is now, after not only just this year and just what he's been doing in general over the last few years in Japan, he's gonna be getting, he's gonna be seeing some big time money deals. And I think this was a great little nod. Even if I think he'll end up going back to New Japan, because he talked about it in the past that New Japan is his family, that's his style. You know what I'm saying? I think at the end of the day, New Japan is going to have to go into that checkbook. They don't like to necessarily do that and uh, guarantee people things, but they might have to make some guarantees if they want to keep Osprey at this point, because that's just how, uh, you know, again, not only over a lot of people on the internet or a lot of hardcore wrestling fans who watch New Japan and all that. They definitely know how good Osprey is, but I think he put no, he has put the world on notice with a lot of his uh, performances in AEW, and you know continuing to do what he does around the world. But uh, like you said, this promo man, this segment was incredible. Even you know he uh, he actually got me interested in a Jericho feud, and it's not just because of him, but I mean even brought the best out of Jericho. I thought when it came to the promo, so I thought I really loved the back and forth, and I just love Osprey being real again. It's kind of like we talked about. Uh, with New Japan, you know, uh, he's this is no one's writing anything for Osprey, you know. So, and and this is a very, very real promo. You can tell how much being at Wembley meant to him. As a matter of fact, when this was initially announced, even before he really, uh, Ozzy Open was really, and him and uh, United Empire was really 
starting to show up in AEW when they first started to talk about uh, you know, doing something with uh in all in at Wembley. Osprey was one of the first ones I know on Twitter saying he has to be on that show. So I, I knew this was gonna happen. Even if it was the Jericho match, I knew he would shine and I'm I'm just I'm happy for him because again I've watched him grow from a skinny punk kid on the in rev pro, you know, just doing a bunch of flips, halfway killing himself just to, you know, entertain us. And then just to see what he's evolved into, literally the one of the most complete and probably the best wrestler in the world for a lot of people's money. So, yeah, man, uh, it, this was beautiful. This was like the culmination of that in the ring with a legend uh, on national television around the world talking about the possibly being or talking about your match on the biggest show ever. So, yeah, man, it was, it was big time man, big time stuff for Osprey. Yeah, AR Fox fucked it. He was kicked out of the embassy. Uh, Christian took his place in the coffin match. And Billy Gunn returned, which means it was acclaimed versus House of Black at Wembley. So let's get to it then. August 27th, AEW All In 2023. And of course, Jaxi, Gina, and myself were all there. So Jaxi starts off your travel there because a lot of people ask about it. Was traveling to London that difficult for you? Um, <clears throat> no, I live in London, so <laughs> it actually wasn't uh, in the slightest. Um, of course, I'm not going to like reveal sort of my journey on how I got there. I'd rather not announce. Like... <laughs> yeah, we don't want Jimmy hearing that, really, do we? <laughs> um, well, anyone for that matter, I don't think no one really needs to hear where I live. Um, however, uh, it was very nice. It was a very nice day. I already actually had my sister who uh lives uh back in the city that we are from originally uh in the uk which is a town called bristol a city called bristol uh so she had already traveled up so she had stayed over with overnight with me so it was a really fun day like sort of getting ready with my sister uh having her here to just to kind of enjoy the moment um we had actually met up with I'm I'm gonna say some friends now, but uh, we actually uh, met with um, a couple that uh, we're we're a big fan of Twitch. We we sometimes stream my sister and I, but we also uh, you know are big fans of viewing uh, people, and uh, we kind of are part of a community of one Twitch streamer, um, and we met some people who on there who we talk regularly with, and they mentioned that they had be, gotten tickets. So we had organized actually meeting up for the first time, which was very, very lovely, uh, just to actually bond over gaming and wrestling. It's something that's uh, very rare to do in person. So, you know, I have to give them a shout out because it was so lovely to meet up with them all. Um, and we actually met up with them very close to uh, where Wembley was. So it was very much in walking distance. Uh, so we avoided sort of the rough tube traffic that probably was uh, at initially at Wembley Stadium, um, which is where we met you. And who else was at the bar? You said someone else was out there, weren't they? Oh, yes, yes. We literally were sat there eating lunch, and we looked to our right, and Dave Meltzer is sat to our right eating lunch. He was talking about Mercedes Monet. I definitely know that, but, like, I didn't want it to look obvious. Um, So, yeah, we just kind of continued on our conversation. But, I mean, I did not expect to kind of just look up to my right and just be Dave Meltzer sat to the right of me. So, I'm going to say it was a pretty cool experience. Like, 
I wasn't, you know, immediately drawn to run up and actually speak to Dave Meltzer, considering how opinionated I've been on Twitter when it comes to some of his comments. So, yeah, it was probably best for me and him not to actually have a discussion because I don't know how much we'd agree on. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's true, actually. I, I was stuck in the car for two and a half hours trying to get to <laughs> London. It was... Yeah. It, it was, to be you. <laughs> it was awful, yeah. No, it really was. London's yeah. shit. Cause you, again, Monty, <laughs> I know what travelling's like in America. Like, you know, I know uh, it's like, I. what was it? I heard once in America they think 100, uh, what, 100 years is a long time and we think 100 miles is a long way. So I understand kind of what it's like. But again, <laughs> to, to get to London and then yeah. have to, like, be in traffic for another hour and a half, but it was great because you had all these weird businesses offering like their car parking services, you know, and you thought, we're never going to see that car again, are we? Like, we're going to park here and then come back and it's going to be gone. <laughs> right. uh, just because this guy offered 20 quid wow. rather than like the £45 for parking. But it wasn't too bad. Um, so we got there. But Wembley, I mean, Gina, we did, we did the clash and I thought the clash was quite big, you know. Uh, but compared to Wembley, Wembley was just fucking massive wasn't it even walking around it yeah Wembley was huge I knew the minute I arrived there was no way I was going to get to Ricky Starks even if he was here <laughs> the disappointment hit for sure um but it was so big I do you know what I've been there before because I went there for a BTS concert but I don't know why I just it seemed so much bigger when we went this time for the for the wrestling so um yeah, it was it was just crazy. I'm glad we stuck together because I would have got lost. Well, I'm glad I can use the, the use uh, share your on the phone now. You know, you've taught me that, so I was managed to kind of find you guys. And when we met up, there was a huge line, Gina, weren't there? Like behind us, we was like, "What's what the fuck is this line for?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were to get into the area of Wembley. <laughs> yeah, we were like, "What's this line?" It was just the merchandise, Monty. Like a line. Honest to goodness, like I can't even tell you how long it was. Like they must have only had like two merchandise like stalls in the entire entire Wembley. That's what it felt like. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But um like I said, it, it was still quite good getting there and uh when we did meet up and it's always nice to see each other and of course me and Gina were speaking to each other at that time, so it was lovely. Uh going up to Wembley, getting a few pictures. Uh, and then obviously queuing's like a big thing as well, Monty, isn't it? You know, like you think, oh right, okay, we're going to get there. Uh, Gina, what was the queuing like to to get into it at Wembley in itself? I mean, the queues were were a bit crazy, to be honest. When we all sort of make started making our way up and around, and we just saw everyone waiting to go through the podiums, I just saw how big the queues were, and it was it was crazy. Um, but for some reason we were walking straight past them every time we were asking someone which side we needed to go in or queue in for our seats they just kept telling us to walk straight past the queues and I was like well don't mind if I do (laughs) it was one of the weird like hundreds and hundreds of people money and literally we went through just like the main entrance and the guy's like yeah come through and there was like two people there you know, uh, what even one guy with like the kind of, you know, checking you, he looked at me and just went, you can move on. I was like, well, I might have something on me. You know, you, you never know. <laughs> like, don't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen. Yeah, you were 
we're the lowest of like options in terms of threat, James. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, you're right. But even like, and again, Jaxie, this is true. Even when we were going for like drinks or food, like there was no queues. Like there was a queue, and then we'd just go to like the left hand side of it and just be served. I didn't. Yeah, I'm. I, 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 I don't know. I, I I really thought we were actually in the wrong area. I was like, are we actually meant to be here? Like, are they, are they sure they want to allow me to have straight access to beer? <laughs> like, are they sure that they want to give me, like, literally, like, the closest e- exit to where we were sat to where the women's toilet were? Are they sure they want to just give me free reign? Like, it was actually incredible. It was so nice to not feel overcrowded, though. You know, like I, I did the system for us where we were was actually really controlled. I mean, I don't know how long everyone was waiting for the queues down there, but I'm not going to lie. I was so relieved to not be around there. I mean, I, I, there was one section, Monty, where we actually thought we were going to be part of this long queue and had to kind of walk all the way past the queue to try and find someone to ask where we were. But I had been drinking beer <laughs> from like lunch so I really needed the toilet and there was like porta toilets all set up and I knew I was not going to be able to hold it if I was in this queue so I was like guys before we even go and find the guy so we can find this long entrance let me quickly go to the toilet here Monty I had to hover I was holding my breath it's like it, like porta toilets are just <laughs> never going to be nice it yeah. honestly was the worst experience I was like I do not want to do this again. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'll stick to water, um, and I'll hardly drink for the rest of the time that I'm here. That was it, me done. And then we went and found the guy, and he was like, "Oh yeah, you need to go past the queue and all the way up there." Instantly went inside, and there was like, you know, actual toilets there. And I was like, "Why did I just go through this whole process?" <laughs> like I literally was just feeling for myself, so I went and got beer. <laughs> I think that was the biggest issue: carrying the beer to the seats. Like, yeah, you know, without filling it, without filling it, because I was just in a rush constantly to get back to my seat. With how good a seat and a good a view we were in, like I really didn't even want to use any of the matches for a toilet break. It was just really difficult. I was the whole atmosphere. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, Gina, how did you find the seats? Because, like I said, at the time we were just like we couldn't believe it at that point. Yeah, the seats were just great, to be honest, that we had such a direct view, but we were also like very um, in good range of like the big screens as well. So and we could see the the uh, entrance um, because we were to the side. So it was nice to kind of get that view, because I think even with the with the clash and New Japan, we were kind of on on the back side of it so we could see them coming towards us from the entrance but being on the side view was kind of a different and new view to see it from and I I enjoyed it it was nice to be able to see them come out um, before they sort of got shrouded by the closer crowds so the seats were great yeah and uh, Jack so who was you were talking about someone people sitting a couple of seats in front of you as well weren't you yes so um you know my sister and I again a uh, huge fan of other uh, wrestling podcasts mm-hmm. and and YouTube YouTubers. Hey, <laughs> this is where we. Fa- this is how I found you. Remember, or actually, yeah. this is how you found me. Yeah. Um, you know, just being yeah. a fan of you know other sort of 
Twitter, podcasters and stuff like that as well. So that's how you found me, James. So don't boo. Um, but we've always been a huge fan of what culture wrestling. Um, and we we were like, you know, lucky enough to be sat in front of, you know, two of the uh, uh, hosts of what culture wrestling, which was um, I think it was Phil Chambers and uh, Sis, who was the other one? Um, Andy Murray. Sorry? Andy Murray, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that's it, Andy Murray. And I'm pretty sure it was another Walt Culture uh, um, host there, but I think he does he either does more like Walt Culture gaming or Walt Culture horror. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but, yeah, it was just like, it was kind of like a wow moment just to actually be, you know, a few hours ago have been having lunch next to Dave Meltzer, but then, you know, be watching wrestling with two YouTubers that we, you know, sort of value as as uh, reviewers and, and content creators as well for wrestling. So, yeah, it, it was a great experience again. Yeah, and Monty, let me ask you a question. What would you rather have, chicken and chips or chips and falafel? What would you pick? Chicken and chips. Okay, thank you. That's chicken what I picked, but apparently it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't good enough for Gina, you know. Like, I made that decision. No, 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 she wanted a falafel, you know. <laughs> I pointed out someone eating a falafel on our way to the seats, and I said to you, I want one of those I actually said that to you. So excuse me if I was a bit disappointed that you didn't get me a falafel box. And well, by the way, guys, I'm not being here. We got you chicken. I... We got you chicken. We did. Yeah, can I just actually, anyone listening to us, like, we fed her. We fed her. I was throwing chicken at the okay. child in front of us in anger. I, like... <laughs> I, I did not. I would not waste food like that. I threw beer on her instead. And that was yeah, no, actually, no, you did. Oh, okay. Someone. <laughs> right, Monty. Right. I'm going to half, I'm going to half uh, defend my sister here. And I say half defend because in her defense, there was a she really exciting. Drunk. moment during one of the matches no there was an exciting right. moment during the matches and all of us reacted she just happened to have her beer in her hand at the same time uh and the girl uh. my sister however my sister is not sorry at all she did not she just said sorry and then just continued on celebrating it was great she did ask oh. a little girl to buy her a beer, you know. She was like, hey, listen, look, right, listen. She, no, the little girl, in her defence, the little girl didn't complain at all. She just carried on as well. She was just to too fair, into the best thing. I think she was scarred she was for so life in. Sitting, sitting in front of us That's because so our language true. during... She we tried our old. best, Monty, yeah. but by we God. Did. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm not it was really that. hard. She did <laughs> we were dead at sea when, when she realised, like, that we were twins and she was just staring. Yeah, she I was felt, definitely fascinated. So, yeah, and she kept on like because she was paying more attention to us. That's like the, there was more pressure to not swear. And then I eventually I gave up and I was swearing. So well, I'm there were so cunts sorry to the parents. Everywhere they were, they were, they were oh, literally. Like... Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> if they if they ever listened to this, I am so very sorry for my language. Um. 
like there were plenty of other p- kids that I saw around that had headphones in. Maybe next time you should invest in some. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Put, put mm. headphones on so you can't hear. Yeah, tell probably. them what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> she, she was young enough to probably want to cover her eardrums as well. But hey, we don't know what the, the row in front of uh, her we, were like. They could we, have been again, just as bad. We didn't yeah. know. We were too loud. We couldn't hear anyone else. <laughs> we weren't sure. She might have been foreign as well, Monty, so she might not have understood it. So, again, you know, there you go. Justify it. Go ahead. Yeah. Justify it. Listen, Monty, we have to, otherwise, I'm going to feel incredibly awful for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, that's us just getting in there, Monty, you know? So, that's literally us there. Uh, but we had zero hour. I didn't know it was two hours long. Uh, you had Rene Paquette, Anthony Gogo, Kip Sabian, and Big Show. So, it was Anthony Gogo. And not Andrade. I thought Andrade came out with Big Show later on in the night, but he actually didn't. Uh, Rene quoted Bray to start. We we miss Powerhouse Hobbs and Mira having a contract signing. I, I didn't know. Monty, did you see any of this? Because we didn't have a fucking clue, you know? Yeah, I've I seen it. Uh, were you, well, how did you guys miss it? Was it because of like the... I, a lot of people miss... I know someone who missed the entire <laughs> zero hour because the times or whatever... They oh, well, said, they got confused. Yeah, they said getting what, what there happened? by five. So five right. o'clock came round, and that is when the MJF Adam Cole match was. But and at, like okay. this is half hour before, I guess, because we saw the shenanigans after, but we uh-huh. just didn't know we had Miro and Hobbs. You know. Yeah, I got a chance to watch it on YouTube and see what it was all, it was all about. It was the worst security job ever, <laughs> as they. Just... As I thought they were there to stop a confrontation to get them from getting violent, and they stood there and watched them get violent. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, but no, it was interesting enough, I guess. You know, building up to to the next week's show. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's passable, and it's always good to see Miro. I guess he just wanted to be a part of the show. Well, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he had he had stuff to do later, I guess. But uh, we they right. then played all in countdown. We arrived with Tony Schiavone in the ring. And then Jeff Jarrett came to the came out. That's J E F J A R E T. He insulted the London crowd. He stated the American wrestlers and promoters paved the way for the show, and he claimed the American fans were better than the British fans. What do you reckon, Monty? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't necessarily disagree. No, all of a sudden, Paul White, Anthony Gogo, Grado came out. The trio took the fight to Jarrett in the stable, and Grado smashed Double J with guitar, much to the cloud crowd's delight. Um, so again, we had those shenanigans. I mean, we talked about being. What did it? What did it look like on TV, Monty? Because obviously, with a stadium that big, you know. Um, we're not going to see, obviously, you're going to see all the TV production as well. Did it look as great as it could have done? Oh, uh, you mean this segment or just like Wembley? The, the, because Wembley. The, the visual, yeah, the setup and uh, everything. Like okay, that. yeah, no, uh, Wembley looked beautiful and the set was, was nice. You got, I mean, honestly, just just the fact it looked, I know, I know Jericho later, and uh, I know we'll talk about the exact numbers, but Jericho talked, you know, on his promo after this was like, oh, 81,000, it's a shoot. No, they we know we could tell. Like it, it was, it looked filled to capacity. Like it was, it just looked like an amazing environment to be a part of. Like you, like again, the only thing you can even compare it to, of course, is '92 SummerSlam or 
any stadium WrestleMania. And it's just, yeah, man, it just looked incredible. The only thing I will say is that, and maybe if you guys, any of you ever got, got a chance to rewatch the production crew and the sound and sometimes, oh man, it's a, it's a match in here that, oh my goodness. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You guys didn't see everything, but somehow even we didn't get a chance to see everything once we get to stadium stampede, because that's just the production crew. Uh, AW sometimes still, uh, have a lot to clean up on that side when it comes to uh to this, but it still looks beautiful. The set, all of that, and you guys, the way it looked, I just love the feel of an outside stadium. And as that, it was daytime at this point, but as the show got later, you know, it just it's a one of a kind type of viewing experience. Once you once you really get a chance to look at everything and take it into uh you know take everything into account, but AEW definitely has to clean up some of their their production miscues and some of the sound issues. That they still still seem to persist uh, for some reason in some of their bigger events. Yeah, about to, uh, there's something that really annoyed me, and I'm going to get out of the way now because you had the little thing over the ring, you know, obviously protecting it for the rain and stuff, and it was just great right. polling. And I'm thinking, how much would it have cost to have a AEW All In sign just to ra- like either fence it off or across there to make it just look? I don't, I don't want to say pretty, but you know, I'm more aesthetically pleasing, so to speak. You know. I know a lot of people were saying about like the, the, the seats. Oh, we can see red seats there, so it's not sold out. And it's 90,000 seater stadium. So that means there's 90,000 right. seats. Like, relax. So, so if, <laughs> if it means there's like, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 people, you know, on the pitch, there still would be, you know, 20,000 seats free. You know, this is the things people yeah. understand. Wimbley's huge, man. I'm going to nick your question as well, Monty. Gina, what was it like being part of history? Did it sink in at that point when we were there before the show or was it a couple of days later, you know, to actually be at Wembley and to be a part of this, you know? um, To be honest, it it still feels surreal now to to imagine myself as being there and, like, having, like, re-watched sort of it as a a live show um, sort of online or or yeah getting to rewatch it back it just makes you realize like i was actually there it's still insane but um again i think it is it was just great to actually experience a wrestling event in in a different capacity other than watching it online you know or on on a, a screen you're like there in person so for me yeah i think it was worth it and it's really nice to know that you were a part of that yeah and it's really weird as well like to talk about this weekend it is a year ago. This weekend that we were at the Clash, so it's the first time we kind of met uh, as the free and been to a show. And Jaxie, like I said, the Clash was crazy, and obviously we had the New Japan. But with <coughs> Wembley, it was. I mean, how did you feel being there? Because it, like Monty is saying, it is historic. You know, like there's only first mm. a few firsts, and we were there for the first first one ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that was such a big moment. Um, not only that, but like it was historic in terms of for me personally. Uh, within the space of three hundred and sixty-five days, I could say that us as a group. Sadly, I really wish I could have included Monty with this, but us as a group really got to see WWE, New Japan, and AEW. Um, and this is like, what, four years since we actually met online as Twitter uh, and sort of just started this sort of what I thought was going to be a one-off like sort of guest appearance on your podcast, which has turned into sort of a long-standing run. None of this would have been possible without the WNR podcast, without yourself, you know, um, 
this meant a lot to me. This meant a lot to actually experience this with my sister that you also chose to bring on on your own, you know, accord, not even uh, with any influence from myself. Um, so this was just, this meant a lot to me. Uh, my sister and I got to go to our very first like wrestling event. It was a raw event in Cardiff when we were, when we had just hit 18 years old. Um, and I honestly, there and then, believe that this would be like the first and only ever time I would be seeing wrestling live. So to know, you know, sort of like well over 10 years later, um, I'm I'm doing this all again in the space of a year with my sister again, but with you, yourself as well included um, and just enjoying what we really grew up loving. Uh, yeah, this, this was very emotional for me um, in terms of just not just bucket list, but just things I never thought I was going to be able to do again. And you opened that opportunity for us, James. So thank you so much for that. And this experience was just absolutely incredible. Monty, I now know that feeling that you get when you're able to go um, and see it live. Um, and I can appreciate it more. And I just solely wish that, you know, uh, in the upcoming years, uh, either yourself will be able to come to the UK or we as a group will actually come to the US and experience a, a group as a, uh, an event as a team together. That would just really kind of tick that bucket list for me. Sorry to ramble on. No, that's, that's, that's really, really lovely, you know, and uh, like Monty, like we are going to do it. Like, I know we talk about the free, but you, there were, and I'm going to be all over you, you know, I'm going to be over like a rash boy, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's going to be, I cannot wait until we can actually get that moment. But to to be able to experience kind of what we have the past year as well, it's crazy. We will look back uh, where it will be, you know, months or years to come and think, fucking hell, that, that you know, 365 days was so special. So talk about special, all in. Let's get into it then. The main card, or I say main card, Zero Hour, which was the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship, Adam Cole and MGF versus Aussie Open. The match was solid, played up to the story part of it. The kangaroo kick from Jeff drew an enormous pop, overshadowed by only the vaunted double clothesline that set up the finish. Your new Ring of Honor tag team champions, Adam Cole and MJF. Post-match saw Cole stare intently at the AW World title, not losing sight of his goal despite the elation of the title win he just experienced. Uh, so, Monty, start us off, then. Uh, what were your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think the end result was was fun overall, and uh, it was solid. It wasn't anything special. It was a fine match, and I guess what what would you expect uh, when you know that two of the guys here is going to also be in the main event? So you know, uh, I saw some people talking about the time, uh, and my only beef with the time or how it worked out was just just kind of how Ozzy Open ended up looking. Uh, in the end, uh, maybe again, I, in my New Japan brain and just watching them be one of the best teams in the world for a while now, uh, to see them just kind of beaten pretty simply and easily uh, in about eight minutes, it, it was, it's you know, it's tough. It's not, not uh, obviously, even though I understood the story and I got what they were, uh, what they were trying to do. And I, and again, you guys reacted uh, greatly to everything that Max and Adam Cole were giving them. Kyle Fletcher sold the double clothesline like it was a V trigger or whatever. <laughs> so like, yeah, they uh, you know, again, it wasn't anything special. It was fine, but again, coming into it and knowing they're going to be in the main event, you do have to understand that it wasn't going to be, you know, a, a wrestling classic. 
But uh, definitely, in my opinion, I'm going to state it, even though I lo- I understood the story, Ozzy Open deserves better. And also, the messaging of MJF and Adam Cole being good enough to take these belts, but not quite good enough to win the AEW tag titles. It's like, oh, okay. So it's like, you know, again, of course, we all know Ring of Honor is secondary, but that just kind of hammers it home. If you, if you ever thought yeah, Ring of Honor yeah. was on an even playing field. <laughs> You know, it just kind of hammers it home. But, hey, it's no nothing wrong with it. I had no problem. Still good fun. Yeah, I mean, look, you can tell the enormity of the moment painted on the face of Fletcher and Davis as they entered Wembley. Like, you talk about, for us, it's impressive. For these talents who have worked, maybe tiny halls, you know, with maybe biggest crowd, like 2,000 right, people. Right. 5,000, 15, yeah. yeah, yeah to yeah. come out to 81,000 is, is pretty impressive. And the reaction MGF and Adam Cole got, especially MGF, throughout this whole kind of fucking night, was just unbelievable. Um, Gina, what did you think of this opening match? Because it really got the crowd... We really got into this, didn't we? I mean, we were cheering like the kangaroo kick and everything. Yeah, it definitely, you know, felt like that um, because it was the first match. Everyone was in that first match hype. Everyone was excited. So you could already feel, feel it from the atmosphere. And that was just enough to set you off, no matter who was in that first match. But the first match was great and it did what it needed to do in terms of like getting us all ready for the show. We knew it was going to be a long show and just watching this first match gave me so much energy. I was ready to be, you know, doing it for the next match and the, the next match to come. So it, w- it was just fun and exciting. And again, I don't I don't even really know how to describe it, how it was to watch it there because we were kind of flitting between looking on the actual stage to looking up at the big screen as well, trying to catch every part. Um, there were like parts that maybe I didn't get to see as, that was as great um, until I rewatched it back. Um, and then I was able to actually see, oh, yeah, this part happened actually. Okay. And then I would look to the main screen and be able to catch something. So um, it was sometimes hit and miss. But I still enjoyed it. And the atmosphere just made it that much more enjoyable. Yeah, no, it really, really did. I mean, Jackson, like I said, it was just a great way to start the show. Uh, what were your thoughts? I know a lot of people said stuff. And what's your score out of five to start us off? Um, this is for the tag match, yeah? Yeah. The Ring of Honor one. Um, yeah, like, I mean, again, for me, I am planning to re-watch this all. Uh, I... I uh, haven't had the chance to kind of go back and rewatch it from like sort of a camera point of view um but just sort of like have similar sort of viewpoints from my sister and what you've said already um I I kind of had a feeling that they were going to continue on um maybe some like with it I we had to strategically think about like the outcome of this match because of what we were getting as the main event and sort of going forward and like sort of what repercussions this had so this for me was like really important to try and get right um and i actually did go with mjf and adam cole because i do think like sort of with the outcome of what we'll get to for the main event um think certain things could escalate um and and continue on the story i i do kind of feel bad that it was aussie open that had to kind of take the pin for this but i'm kind of you know i i like that they were the ring of honor champions i think they're very underrated um, and sort of coming back to sort of American uh, TV, or, you know, even UK TV right now, um, you know, I I 
really wanted them to be able to show their stuff and I feel like they did um like really well in showcasing how good they are as a tag team um it's just a shame they did end up having to lose the titles but I feel like there is a lot more to come with this story between Adam Cole and MJF they've done so well with the promotion like leading up to both of these matches and just kind of even the build-up of characters what they've done with MJF and Adam Cole as you were saying James about uh MJF and kind of the how reactive the crowd are to him right now like this is like why not milk it a little bit longer like this is the outcome that we wanted like no one really kind of saw this this sort of like you know semi-face we're getting and, and no one knows when the devil could appear you know so I'm really loving the uh, build up of not knowing when this devil's going to show up, you know. So I'm I was really pleased with the match. Like the match really had everyone hyped. Wembley was so loud; it really was. And what would you score out of five? I think everyone did really well. I'm going to give it a four and a quarter out of five. Four and a quarter, Monty. What about you? Yeah, three and a half. And Gina. Yeah, I gave it a four. Yeah, the discrepancy between kind of obviously like Monty, as you know, to be there watching it compared to kind of like on TV. So I gave it a four as well because I thought uh, right. it was really, really good. And like I said, the crowd was really, really good as well. So predictions, we we got the Prediction League, of course, 2023. After SummerSlam, WWE Prediction League, Jaxie's on one, James, Monty and Gina tied on four. Bonus League, Jaxie Gina on 11. I'm on 14. Monty in the lead with 15. AEW, what we're doing today. Uh, James Gina and Jaxie on two. Monty is on three. James Gina, Jaxie went. MGF and Cole. Monty went for Aussie Open. So Monty's on zero. Rest is on one. And I've got to say, Monty, the other two might not say it, but I'm really glad because you've been on a roll recently. And that was a great No, me great too. Start. No, I'm glad. <laughs> I am glad. Again, James, let's just remind everyone now before you air it, I am actually sucking in the WWE uh, scoreboard right now. Um, I need to redeem myself. So the fact that Monty went with Aussie Open, I am reveling in this. Please continue. (laughs) I need to actually win something because right now I'm on a real losing streak and that went from like nowhere when I was on a, a running streak before so I need this comeuppance sorry Monty but if you have to take the fall then I, I'm willing to kind of uh let that happen all in one way to go from the top <laughs> yeah watch your back man watch your yeah, back. Well, I'm, I'm at the bottom all right Monty I'm, I'm trying to call my way out <laughs> Well, we found, like I said, Jaxie, you have lost the last five events. Not that anybody's counting. Not, we're not keeping count. This is what, this is what I knew you were going to do. I knew you were going to drop that, which is why I already aired that. I knew I was at the bottom, so you didn't make me revel in it, okay? But you didn't need to name how many points I was down. That's really depressing. At least I didn't name how many WWE events we've had this year. You see? You see what I'm okay. saying? I give one hand take with the other. Um, stop, stop. Let's move on to the next match. Let's go. Well, no, after the match, camera spotted Mercedes Monet in the crowd, the first official link between uh, the artist formerly known as Sasha Banks and AEW. Monty, was this a surprise? Because we were pretty shocked to see her, even though she was... She's not fully fit because, obviously, she still uh, was injured at this Mm. time. So what's the thinking behind it, do you reckon? Mm. 
Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still have the brace on. Uh, I, it was a surprise maybe that they put the cameras on her when when nothing specific has been ironed out. So that leads me to believe mm-hmm. that the rumors. It, it leads me to believe that the rumors that her and Tony were talking about things before she got hurt, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe she was supposed to be a forbidden door, like they said, and all of that. Because she's always been open. It's like you said, this is a worldwide tour for Mercedes. She wanted to wrestle everywhere. So I, I, I'm, I'm assuming we're definitely going to mm-hmm. see her down the line in AEW. I just would not, I, with the state of the women's division in AEW, unless something major changes, I would not recommend that she exclusively signs. I, if I were her, if I was her, I would come in, work work like a lot of the other, uh, you know, not just people in Japan, but people who have come in, did a, did a couple special things, worked a, pro, worked a program or two, and maybe you still keep your freedom because we know, we already see what can happen to you once you're exclusive to AEW's women's division and how it's really easy to get lost in the shuffle. You would imagine they wouldn't lose Mercedes in the shuffle, but I can say the same thing about a lot of the special talent that they picked up, uh, even though no one is necessarily to the level of a Mercedes yet. So I don't know, but I think big things, I think she's going to have some big moments in AEW in the future. I think she'll be able to uh, continue to uh, make her, you know, expand her profile as being the greatest or if, if not the greatest, one of the greatest women of all time in wrestling. So I think you have to go to AEW if you're Mercedes, if you if that's truly what you want to do. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, we move um, on. Go on. Sorry, can I actually just uh, sort of uh, respond to what Monty's just said a little bit? Firstly, yeah. uh, can I quickly say, the minute the camera panned on Mercedes, which none of us in Wembley were expecting, oh my gosh, the sound was deafening. Um, the um, the level of support that Mercedes Monet has in the UK, firstly, I'm proud to say, is immense. But it was just deafening. No one expected to see her there. And I was super excited to know that we were in the same stadium as her. So that was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Mercedes, for turning up. Also, I did see, like, uh, it, this could have just been a random Twitter thread. I, I'm, I'm not sure that this person is affiliated with anyone. But they said that... Uh, the reason that Mercedes could have possibly been uh, there in person was to, uh, like, she's friends with Soraya uh, and she wanted to support Soraya's sort of match, uh, you know, sort of her first match being back in the UK and, and in Wembley. Um, but, yeah, again, like, I didn't really see that that Twitter person, be, a user being an official source, so I don't know how true that is. Uh, but that could have been the reason that she was there in person. Um but the one thing I did want to kind of pick up on what Monty had just uh, said is I actually think that even though I would love her to not be too exclusive to the point, I would love to see Mercedes on New Japan, um, you know, possibly, you know, other promotions as well, not WWE. Sorry, no. They had their chance now. Um, but I actually think it would be really good if Tony could actually sign Mercedes. And the reason why I say that is right now, like we just kind of already discussed that like locker room morale has been kind of like in and out been a bit toxic here and there there's not been that much guidance um when it comes to sort of like both divisions but primarily the women's division i think that assigning like mercedes would be uh the absolute correct move that tony needs to make and actually get Mercedes, like I think Mercedes could actually become locker room leader material uh, for the women. Not only that, but her status there alone weekly would actually generate so much more TV time for women 
I think not just her but like I think that you know when we look back to like her her continuous runs in NXT even in WWE Mercedes like really was a strong advocate for the women's revolution and how we got that first ever WWE's paper women's pay-per-view um and I believe that she really could actually direct so much leadership into the the locker room I think that she could be such a great here to uh, a lot of the women in the locker room and also kind of like level things out to, to where we actually get a decent women's division that are given decent women's time so I think it could be extremely beneficial uh, to bring her on um, you know uh, full time really if she's, if that's what she's interested in however yeah. I still would love to see her in New Japan. Like I said Jaxie I, I love how optimistic you are, you know. We we said the same <laughs> yeah, thing see, about that's what Ray. I'm like, joining. Right, exactly. Ray's joined. We were going. I can make that same it. argument about Soraya. Exactly. I know. Exactly. I know. Like she literally had the very first long women's match <laughs> I ever seen with Monty, like Summer Ray way back in the day. It nothing Monty, changed. So the only reason I'm just like, saying. Like, the only reason why I, c- I didn't think that of Soraya is because have you seen like sort of her match count this year? She's not really been prominent in matches. Her presence is there. And I completely understand that with like any rehabilitation she continuously goes through. Yeah, but but, like, I, like, Who's booking her? Like, that's but the mind state has to change. That's what I'm saying. Right. Because yeah, even if I you have Mercedes think- every week booking her right before the main event and then just... Being in a forgettable but, few, like, but, but if it's the imagine, same booking, then nothing changed. But could you imagine, like, you know, like, let's imagine Mercedes does get but Like, can you not imagine that Mercedes would take control of the women's division and not only that, but actually kind of influence how much time, like, they're all getting? I actually think that someone Wrestlers like... Tony, being in control of the double-edged sword. I think Tony... No, I do get you. It really is. It really is a double edge because so this could really backfire and be like a complete one eighty of what I'm actually thinking. But I do believe that Mercedes has a a, a lot I of hope. You're right, and I do feel like possibly Tony is actually paying attention to how much people are not disrespecting the women's division, but disrespecting how the division has been run. And and I I truly believe that maybe if Tony is is like fighting hard to try and get Mercedes signed, that is with the intention of being like, what am I doing wrong? Help me fix this division. You know I, what I, I mean? I was about but to say that that has to be the pitch because that's my a card where there's only one exactly. women's match won't necessarily exactly. Help. <laughs> exactly. You know, we we we've got to like continuously because of that is the you've just pointed out the right thing, like Monty. We are not getting the right amount of matches for women but yeah that is the positivity that i'm 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 instilling in this hope of if tony is approaching manifest her, it yeah yeah i'm manifesting <laughs> the fact that like tony is actually coming to mercedes pitching like what am i doing wrong with the women's division help me fix this you know so but, i hope yeah. you're right i hope only you're right hope, only hope yeah this could bite me in the ass yeah yeah. Well, anyway, we'll, you're right, man. we'll move on to the FTW. Sorry match. for that. That's fine. We, we, we haven't got a lot to talk about anyway. Uh, we've got Hook versus Jack Perry next. With Perry received a special entrance, he'd be driven into the arena in a car. Perry suplex Hook on the top of the limo, then hit an impressive rolling thunder on the hood. Real glass, Crimea River, Perry said in the camera. Of course, we didn't have a fucking clue what this was about. Yeah. Uh, Monty, Monty had messaged us, um, and this is the thing, Monty. 
much going on. So when did you hear it? Was it later on you first heard the news? It must. Oh, was it, it was after. Him? It was after the show. It was after. It was after. Yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. It later. wasn't sure. Yeah, it was not yeah, during the yeah. show. I saw a post, someone explaining what happened in the meeting between <laughs> Punk and Punk, basically telling J- Jungle Boy, "We're not using real glass. You know, take that stuff to Dynamite." Basically, I guess they took that as like a shot at Dynamite or whatever. Or Jack took yeah. that personally. So here he goes. Uh, with the with the real glass, I mean, which again, at the time, I'm just like you guys. Or I, hell, as a matter of fact, I don't think when you guys understand, I doubt you knew knew it even said it. So, no, we didn't. I, I uh, saw it but yeah, time, yeah. Oh, we, right, we right. saw this again from from you updating us again. Another shout exactly. out to actually being like part of a podcast group where we actually have one person sort of like based in America because you get all of this news before us and send us everything. So. It was, yeah. yeah, we got updated straight away. Oh, we get lo- we got lucky over here. It was a midday show, so we had pl- had the mm. entire evening to just get into the mess that what happened behind the scenes. What time did it start for you then? Uh, let's see. I think let's see. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to. It was like two p.m. for us. Like I think one. Like yeah, two two three p.m. from my from where I was at. So yeah, I was I was home free. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Middle of the day. Ah, uh, okay. Cool. I love London shows for that yeah. very reason. I oh, really because, do. I want, oh I want more shows over there. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Again, uh, when James actually it was a 5 p.m. start, I was so pleased. I was like, oh, good. It's not, like, going to be, like, you know, us getting there at, like, 9 p.m. Oh, yeah, it's not going to start, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. That would have been the worst <laughs> thing <Right>? ever. Like, <laughs> 1 till 5. <laughs> Bank holiday <laughs> on the Monday, right? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Uh, as for the Jack, uh, Perry match with Hook, uh, Perry bumped on the glass. Trash can spots in the ring with Perry not going for coast to coast. Hook tapped him out with a red rum to win back his FTW title. Uh, Jaxie, what did you think of this matchup? Because it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I, again, I, where we were sat, we got like a full view of like what they were doing with the car. So everything they were doing for the car, again, this for us was sort of like, this was the pre-show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Still the pre-show. Yeah. Yeah. This was zero hours. So um, for us, like this actually kind of already felt like it had already started for me. Like this did not feel like pre-show, like seeing them just using the car. I think there was a moment where Hook opened the the middle car door because it was like a, Six car, uh, six door car, uh, and he opened the middle one and threw Jungle Boy into it. And you know, we could see it on the camera, but just being able to see that live, that was like kind of awesome. <laughs> and then, uh, they were doing everything on top of the car as well. And going into the glass, I actually did sort of make a comment of, Oh, uh, look at the breakage in that glass, that's got to be real, or something like that. And this was before that comment. We, we knew that comment was made by uh, Jungle Boy. Again, still not knowing uh, really the the reason behind that comment either. Um, but it just, it the whole atmosphere, it was just so lit right from zero hour that like we were already ready for uh, and kind of in the zone of it being all in. It was great. Yeah. Uh, Monty, what were your thoughts on this? Because the crowd was really, really into it. But again, it's zero yeah. hour. So, I mean, what were your thoughts? Right, right. Uh, I want to also correct myself. It was noon. I said two o'clock. I, I, I was. Liar. It was noon. You lie. I, I, hey, hey. I was on the night shift the night before. You know, it was late. Hey, it, it is what it is. I'm, don't Wait, worry did about you it. Watch it. 
zero hour, like live from zero hour. Did you watch it live? I woke up right in right as the, the zero hour was beginning. Believe it or not, I got uh, lucky. So yeah, I got a good two hours, and then I watched right? it. Then mm-hmm. I went back to sleep. <laughs> so yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a chance to I got a chance to watch it, but I didn't uh get a chance to see uh everything at first because I was kind of hazy. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna replay it, so it's fine. But yeah, so uh but yeah, it was noon when it actually kicked off. But the match itself here was pretty fun. Uh like you said, it delivered the added stipulation uh at, gave it an extra element that, that made it kind of more than just a regular blow-off type of match. Uh Jack Perry is definitely finding his footing. As a bad guy, you know, uh, again, uh, I I didn't really – I'm not going to say I didn't see that, you know, because, again, you never really know when you see a person portrayed just one way at the beginning of their career. But it's good to see that he does have some natural uh, instincts when it comes to getting heat and all of that. And uh, I thought uh, Hook made a really strong comeback. Perry missed that moonsault and basically, you know, Hook had the red rum in there. So uh, it was a nice match. You know, I thought everyone uh, delivered a good performance. Like I said, Perry was really good in my opinion. And it was a good way to end things. I think uh, they should, they should, you know, you know, hook, getting the belt back and all of that makes him look great. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think especially since Perry was just going to retire the belt anyway, it's a good way to just, uh, you know, get rid of uh, this feud, even though I thought it was a pretty successful one. You know, Hook, it's kind of funny when I think about Hook was gone for most of it. Hook didn't even, you know, he lost the match and just disappeared. So it's kind of kind of funny uh, feud the more I think about it. But it ended up being really good. So three and three quarters for me. Three and three quarters. Um, Gina, what about you? Yeah, I thought the match was good. Um, <clears throat> again, just like both Monty and Daxi said, you know, the, the fact that uh, Jack Perry was able to establish more of his character, his heel character here. It worked for me. And like I said, every time I see him, it's kind of working more and more. So um, I enjoyed the match. And I, again, because we did have a good viewpoint of the entrance area, uh, I, I felt like it was, um, I felt like it was a good start because we got a great view of the windscreen smash, you know, so I was already excited because of that for the rest of the match. Um, I'm glad that Hook won. I actually was expecting, I didn't go with him, but I was expecting Jack Perry to win. So I am quite shocked with Hook winning it. And I'm glad he did because I went with him. <laughs> but yeah, in the end, it was still a great match. I, I actually just gave it a four. Give it a four. Jackson, did I ask you out of five? Sorry, I can't remember if I did. Yeah, I think she said she she gave that a four. Right, love uh, it. Gave that a four as well. Predictions. Well, we all we all good. Hook, hook one. Apart from uh, and everybody went for hook. Apart from me, which does make me a bell end. Uh, and again, I hate losing predictions, especially when it's like the kickoff. You go like, oh god, it's gonna be a long night. So at the moment, anyway, Monty James are on one. Jackson Gina are on two. On commentary, Taz left Excalibur. JR, who himself joined for the hook match, and Nigel joined them as well. So, great for him to call the action. The main show started with the Real World Championship, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Uh, I mean, the the main thing, I think, from this, uh, and, and I would be fair to say, would be the entrances for both were, like, main event level, Monty. You know, I don't know how it came across. It didn't sound as loud, but the crowd was so into it. 
as both men came out. Uh, Punk did wear, wear a ring jacket similar to the one he rung in Ring of Honor uh, against Samoa Joe in the original trilogy. And Punk overcame a focus assault on the hands of Joe that included him being slammed headfirst into the comedy table and left him busted open. Joe appeared to be the better man, counting everything his opponent threw at him. That was until Punk pulled out a rare Pepsi plunge to score the pinfall victory. So, Gina, what do you think of this matchup? Um, yeah, I thought it was great. Like you said, the entrances were so good. Um, and Joe is just a star. Joe dominated this match, to be honest. Um, I don't want to say that my, my views on it are biased. It's not that I dislike Punk, but um, I'm not like the biggest fan of his. I wouldn't boo him, but I'm just also like meh about him. I think he's a great wrestler, don't get me wrong, but just everything in the controversy around him, I'm just like, he's not my favourite. So going into this, Joe was my favourite, but just hearing the rest of the crowd pump him up for that, it was just great. I mean, I think there were a couple of times that Joe was on the outside of the ring and like he was, you know, just reacting with the crowd and he was dancing and doing little jogs and then, you know, going and hitting the biggest like hit on Punk. And it was hilarious because every time... Punk got hit like the crowds were cheering it so it it was just again I don't know how it sounded to those who were watching it on screen but in in the crowd it was just so loud so um I'm glad that the match went the way it did I'm disappointed with the ending because to be honest I feel like Joe dominated that entire match and probably deserved the win um but that's just my viewpoint I'm not saying that CM Punk wasn't doing well in the match he was but he he just didn't dominate and joe looked like he should have he should have just got that win easily um so that's what shocks me the most yeah i, I thought it's surprising now as well i mean jacksy this is a weird thing that we didn't know at the time but all three of us watched cm punk's possibly his last ever wrestling match you know definitely yeah to now I mean, last wow. AEW one you know yeah <laughs> I mean, for the moment, because right now I have actually already thought to myself with the news that has come out recently, like, well, where, where, what other promotion could he go to? That's the question that I'm thinking in my mind at the moment. Um, so it could potentially have been his last ever wrestling match. We, we don't know, though. You know, touch wood, that's not the case, but we don't know. Um, I have to agree with a lot of what my sister has said about the match, really. Um, I felt like Joe really dominated it from what I could see. Um, I really do want to rewatch this match again. Um, and, you know, from a camera point of view, so I can see it more up close and actually see kind of a lot of it. But Joe was so interactive with the crowd. I could hear a lot of the crowd getting so hyped from him. So, like, it's really hard because, of, like, I wasn't um, on either side. Like, I'm, you know, I, I don't uh, agree with a lot of, like, what, what, has been like has come out uh, about what punk has been like backstage and stuff so uh, i don't agree with him but i also do still respect him as a, of what he's done in the ring and stuff and i know of his uh you know a few long-standing feud with joe so ultimately i, I was so excited by this match and this it, this match hit hard but joe ultimately dominated um so i was a little bit shocked like 
I like I'm glad the outcome was CM Punk because he was my choice. But again, shocked by the outcome, considering how dominant uh, Joe was throughout this whole match. And again, just to think that this was Punk's last match is a little bit surreal. Yeah, it is. It is, you know, and uh, Punk with tributes to Funk during this as well. It was a good live, I think, re-watching. Uh, and Monty, again, it's weird to think about Punk's last match, but I think Punk and Joe have had so many uh, like <laughs> classic encounters to think that their last one is at Wembley in front of the fans. I wouldn't have thought they would have thought that when they had their first one. You know what I'm saying? So it is a little bit right, how exactly. this works. Yeah, man, it's funny. Like how far they've come together, whether uh, no matter uh, the story behind it, just focusing on the match because you know I could talk that length forever about everything. By the way, I will I will say this now since I am talking about the match. Shout out to him to do what he did and then <laughs> go out and do this like nothing happened. <laughs> you know, um, so it's kind of it's, it's, I gotta give him props <laughs> so there yeah. for actually, yeah, yes, exactly. I'm actually intrigued then... to watch that um, and actually just kind of see like uh, Punk's entrance up close and just kind of see how like calm and collected he kind of looks during his entrance because this like yeah no you really couldn't. Tell. Everything like kind of happened just immediately before either jo- either of them were coming out, right? So I'm actually yeah. interested in seeing kind of uh, what he looks like in his entrance up close. Yeah, man, he got it. He got his stuff together, at least seemingly to me. But uh, like you said, uh, but uh, like I said, uh, this, like you said, to think about this as being his last match, and think about like you said, coming from Ring of Honor in the early days, and just what Ring of Honor was in their era, and just everything that Punk has been through. For it to end up there, if this is the last time he ever decides to put on some wrestling boots, I think it's a lot better than the Royal Rumble being half concussed or whatever he had going on uh, before he left WWE for uh, you know the eight seven years or whatever, uh, and walking out on uh, on that. So uh, it's amazing when you think about just how far he's come uh, and 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 like to be there at Wembley in that situation, working with someone he has long standing chemistry with. Uh, it, 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 I thought it was a very funny match. It was also one of my favorite matches of the night. It was my favorite match of the night for a while, honestly, uh, because uh, just again, even though it was a simple match, it hit a lot of the, the greatest hits in their feud. He even, like you said, with the Terry Funk tribute, I thought was tasteful. Then he, of course, doing the three moves up, three moves of the five moves of Doom from John Cena and going right into a, a, a great heat building. Hogan leg drop, like again, he's he's great. And then you have, like you said, the, what Joe did to him throughout the match, being as cool as Joe is, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So I was in cloud nine with this match, even though it was a simpler match. Uh, and I also want to say, I know you talked about sitting next to Meltzer or whatever when you guys were eating uh, earlier, whatever. Meltzer is an idiot because there's no way that this match was uh, one of the worst matches of the night to me. Uh, from from mm. his point of view, this is one of the worst matches. Yeah. I just disagree completely. This is very good from both guys, no matter what you think about Punk. Well, what Monty, you... I, again, I do want to bring that up and just say, again, this is why I controlled myself and chose not to approach him because I knew we were going to have certain disagreements already. And I saw his tweet about this match and I was like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't approach him because I feel like I'm, I, I, I'm not sure how I would have handled myself if we actually had a conversation I I think right. some of his I think some of his comments are like just distasteful and uh I think you know even though he has his own opinion I think he 
truly believes he's right. And I don't think that, like, he, it, what's annoying about him is that, like, you can't really, like, uh, converse with him even via Twitter and, like, feel like he's actually listening to you because what he said goes and what he feels is right is right, you know? And that, to me, was distasteful, and I agree with you on that. Right, so scores, Monty out of five. Go on. No, I, th- I gave it four and a quarter. I was really into it. Like I said, I wouldn't say it was, uh, like I said, too confusing or anything. It was a pretty simple match, but it was very good. It's like pro wrestling at its finest. Uh, Gina, what about you? Uh, I gave this one a four and a quarter. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Jaxie? Yeah, I gave this a four. Yeah, I gave it a four and a quarter. Uh, it's weird to think after every match for WWE has, they kind of change the canvas to keep it fresh. So after seeing Punk bled all over the AEW one, you just had kind of three guys come out with sponges. You know, it's not the same, really. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> wow. certain things, you know. But predictions, we all went Punk. So it means the girls are on three and Team Jonty is on two. Uh, we then had the Golden Elite versus Jay White, Juice Robinson and Konzuki. Tekashna. Uh, Mega Page and Ibushi may have a rich history as tag partners, but it was Takeshi who earned the win alongside the Bullet Club. Uh, t- he took advantage of Mega as he fired off V triggers to White and Robson, sneaking in at the last moment, score a cheap roll up win over the cleaner. Monty, what were your thoughts on this? Shocking. Uh, definitely a shocking result for me. Uh, and and every especially with all things considered, it kind of uh, you know surprised me uh, because I just kind of figured the elite, especially in this match, the Bucks was a toss up more for me. But this match, I was like, oh no, it's definitely gonna go the way you thought. But it was you know still a smooth match. Was, uh, the second half, in my opinion, was a lot better than the first. Uh, and the Golden uh, Lovers, you know, doing what they kind of do best. Uh, and then you kind of got like someone with Jay White and and Juice for that matter, you know, uh, in this situation too, you know, people who they fought at Wrestle Kingdom in the past. So you can you can still kind of see some of their chemistry. Someone like me who know a lot, who's familiar with these guys, to catch the uh, but the finish to me is where it kind of just fell flat. I thought it was a solid match, you know, it did it did have some great, good moments, but it also was again just something was kind of off. And I think the finish being so abrupt and being a roll-up on the big, one of the biggest events, if not the biggest event, what should we just say, the biggest event ever, I just kind of thought I was really, really uh, disappointed in the way that kind of played out. Uh, but I don't think it was a bad match by any uh, stretch of the imagination. Takeshi getting the victory, uh, obviously is setting up something in the future with him and Omega and then it's also a big moment for Takeshi, so I have no problem with that part of it. It's just the whole entire execution of it and winning the way it was done and all of that. And uh, I just want to say, all the people who said uh, that Jay White was going to be misused and uh, you know, done, you know, looking bad in new uh, in AEW, uh, I'm sorry, guys. He they they protected Jay White incredibly, and I thought this match was solid overall. The heat coming off Jackson G Jay White coming out. I mean, I, I think Jay White looks like a main event, but... Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. I actually just remember now, like, literally, the camera zoomed in on the abs, and I wasn't even looking at, like, the real life walking out. I was just zoned in on the camera. 
Jesus Christ, Jay White is in such great shape. Like, you have to commend his physique. Oh, my God. Like, he just looks great. For those abs, yeah. Um, I had to control myself. Married man, guys. Married man. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm... <laughs> Monty, I feel so sorry for James because James was just kind of like... Um, just there, no, uncomfortable. So, Monty, we, we kept playing musical chairs all night. So, like, between different matches, we were like, oh, let's swap so that me and you can be sat next to each other during certain matches and James can be sat in the middle uh, as well. So we were kind of like, you know, chopping and changing, but I felt sorry because I'm pretty sure James was in the middle at this point. What? And all he was hearing was just me and Gina like, like, oh, that little girl should not have heard what she heard. Well, I yeah. kept wondering why the oh, yeah. seats were wet. But oh, wow. they, were, they were telling me that was hey. a beer being spilt. So that was I didn't. A beer. <laughs> that was okay, okay. All right. That was actually there. I'm not going to lie. That uh, was. Juice's <laughs> hair. Who wants to take Juice oh, Robinson's hair as well? I'll let my sister take that one. <laughs> no, I pass. <laughs> I mean, uh, does Juice not have any product? Does he not have any products? I, I mean, uh, uh, Monty, from a camera point of view, because again, I haven't seen this match up close, but from like our what we can see on the cam on the te- sort of teleporter as well, um, it, it looks so dry. Like, has he got no product to put? <laughs> like, I'm not really sure whether or not, like, whether or not that's an actual look, or if he can't be bothered. I just, it looks like there's. Like it looks like he could go do with like just having like a, a nice deep steam <laughs> at the hairdressers or something. What's going on? Uh, He's always been a wild man. Is the only explanation I kind of got for you. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I wasn't paying hair- close attention to his hair. So no, I was. I was, I was rock hair- hard. So, you know. We was rock hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was rock hard, <laughs> I was rock hard all the way. Jesus. Hair. His hair is like mine when I've dried it out, and then I haven't put any product in it or something. So, yeah, and it was hilarious and also frightening. And also, Takeshita's theme as well was saying that wasn't well liked. Was Don <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that wasn't well received. Uh, I thought Hangman should have come out on a horse. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's Wembley. It's massive. Get him on a horse. I mean, we have plenty of horses we could have lent Hangman. I happily would have sourced one for him if they asked me. Like, seriously, I I don't think that's much to ask for. But if we're getting Jungle Boy coming out in, like, what's considered, like, sort of a small limousine with a a six-door car and stuff, why couldn't we get Hangman on on a horse? Mm. They're all around Buckingham. We could have definitely borrowed one. Uh, great to have fireworks in the stadium as well. And Kenny Omega's entry—he got a mega ovation. Like he, it was—it was MJF. Not maybe not as big as MJF, but like probably the second biggest, maybe third biggest of the night uh, as it was. Uh, so scores out of five then for that matchup. Uh, Monty start us off then. Elite versus um, Team Takeshita for the Bullet Club. This is another one I'd give like four stars. I thought it was still a good match, even if I didn't agree with the execution of the finish, but I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Gina, what about you out of five? Yeah, I mean, I gave it a four. Yeah. Jaxie? I also gave it a four. Yes, and I gave it a four as well. Predictions, girls went Bullet Club. 
Jonty went for the elite, so the girls take a 4-2 lead at this moment in time. Wait, yeah. serious? Wait, wait, did you, James, you actually went the elite? Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm rubbing this. I actually, we both just got one up on you both. Well, this is why I didn't understand you took me <laughs> celebrating the other match so well, even though I lost overall. But, hey, hey. We'll, get, we'll get on to that. Wait, Wait actually, like, I didn't before. Yeah, James, so. I wasn't as dramatic as you were with the way that I celebrated the outcome of that match. Like, it was just a standard celebration. You went over the top. Oh, come on. Look, look again. Look, you were, you were dramatic, look, James. Monty, if you were there for the clash... When my well collapsed and McIntyre <laughs> and those two are going, ew, fucking wanker, and all that. Like, like I took that on the chin, all right? Hey, so listen, I will... I never, no, I never called you a wanker. You were both laughing. You were laughing just... and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I never. That was all it was at that time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the goal is to always be right because when you're right, it, no, it doesn't matter what anyone says. As soon as you're wrong, James. <laughs> You just, you just, you're in trouble, man. <laughs> well, we had, anyway, so we moved on to the tag team titles, FTR versus Young Bucks. Uh, Matt Jackson superkick Harwood off the apron, threatened a hot tag. Harwood stacked Nick Jackson low to finish of Bulldog versus Brett at Wembley, a great spot and an even better false finish. Wheeler ate it on a 450 splash attempt, a call back to full gear 2020. The two teams threw everything they had putting each other down with their own finishers. When it did not work, the Bucks went back to the old faithful Meltzer driver, but momentary hesitation based on exhaustion allowed an alert Harwood to put cash in position to counter into the Shat machine to win and successfully defend the AEW tag team titles. Uh, so, Jaxie, what did you think of this matchup? Uh, again, live, it looked incredible um i actually didn't spend much time looking at the like sort of tv cameras i was actually watching it live like kind of from our direction we we could see all the high moves and i think there was something that you had brought up during the money in the bank review that we had done and you had obviously been there live um i'm pretty sure you had said something about you know like we we underestimate like kind of like the camera view of like high flying moves and it's so true you know, even from where we were sat, there were some high moves that the Young Bucks and FDR were both doing that just looked absolutely incredible live. Um, you, you just had to appreciate the fact that we saw this live. Um, you know, these two, I think these two could could have gotten in Wembley the, the fight forever chance. I think that could have, if they had more time, they probably would have gotten like fight forever. Um you know, it was incredible to see both of them live. I I enjoyed this so much. Um, I I really want to see like more of the Young Bucks live. They're so incredible to watch. They're so fast, like really, really fast. Like when you're watching it live at the in the ring, like everything is happening so fast. You just wonder how they're all keeping up. You know? Yeah. I mean, this is the thing as well, especially with you know being able to meet FTR last year at the New Japan mm. show. Uh, and have yeah. that kind of connection as well and having them put on such a kind of great match. But, I mean, you might be biased. I don't know. Monty, did it stack up as well <laughs> as it did at the state? Because, I mean, we were loving every moment. It seems like the two teams mm-hmm. were putting a match of the year candidate. Are we right? 
In my opinion, no. No, you're not right. But it's not it's not because you're wrong. Let me that know, they guys, if I get anything right. Doing great. Oh, no, I, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just my opinion. If you guys outnumber me, so technically you would be right. But from my point of view, and maybe it's because of television, maybe it's because I've watched uh many of the many times I watched on there every encounter they've had, but I've watched uh, you know, just the Bucks plenty of times at this point. Uh, I think it was really, really good. It just it, it pales in comparison to what they did the last time they fought their second match. Not this, not the first one, but the second time they fought, in my opinion. But I think it had a lot to do with the fact that they kind of went to the well a little bit too much with the false finishes towards the end. After a while, now you guys didn't seem exhausted, but as a viewer sitting at home, you're just like, well, when it, why, when, I thought it was a couple of it was like three specific times before they actually wrapped it up that I thought they were going to go ahead and wrap it up. And they didn't. They kept it going. And, and that's fine. And, you know, again, if you were into it and you were there as a viewer and, and they kept you guys into it, then that was great. But to me, they didn't They didn't really uh, have me as invested as I uh, would usually be. Sometimes it looked clunky to me. But I didn't think it was bad at all. Like, I thought it was really, really good. It just by their standards, it was, in my opinion, not – as good as maybe you would expect when they in the way they tried to build it up as like the biggest and greatest tag team match ever, uh, you know, for the biggest show ever. So yeah, that's just my two cents. I don't think again that doesn't make it bad. It wasn't bad by any estimation, but was it five stars perfection? You know, uh, beautiful tag team wrestling that that you would expect from these two teams. I think I've seen better. Yeah, I thought it was shit as well. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on the Bucks and FDR? I I definitely get where Monty is coming from. Um, again, I think what is this the the third four out of like three three matches that we've seen the Young Bucks and FDR have on AEW now. Um, so again, two of them I've seen you know televised, whereas this one I got to see in person. It was incredible to watch in person. So I agree with my sister on that sense. Like the high flying moves were just as expected. And I'm glad that we we had as many because that's what you want to see when you go to a live event. You know, you don't want to see them, you know, cut down on those high flying moves. You want to see everything that you, you've seen do on, on the television so many times. So it was it was great to see that. I don't think it's like the best that I've seen both of these teams do in terms of going at it um but regardless i still enjoyed the match itself so it was incredible for me yeah uh, uh, like i said really good stuff Rewatching it seeing the bucks with a note to uh freddie mercury with the outfits called sir karina freddie mercury playing wembley uh the ticker tape the ticker tape monty you know what i'm like it's stuck around all fucking night you know like we had strings of it laying around <laughs> yeah, it got stuck in oh, the, in the did, thing I heard, or whatever. It, got, it was just—it it never went away. The no, streamer, just this blue little stream. Uh, Bray Brody and Jay tribute FTR with British flag on them as well. Uh, the Bucks refused a post-match handshake to acknowledge the victors. So we'll go around to get points for that. So Jack C out of five starts off. What would you give Bucks and FTR? Um, I'm giving it a four and a quarter because I really enjoyed it. Um, again, I really do need to watch this up close because obviously I feel like mine's is going to have like a bit more of a different um, outlook because I haven't rewatched it. 
Yeah, no, I gave it a four and a half. So, I mean, Monty, what about you? Yeah, like I said, four and a quarter for me. Really, really good. But uh, again, not uh, probably up to my. Maybe that's my my own height or whatever. Or just like I said, I just think they kind of overdid it a little too much. But yeah, four and a quarter. And Gina. I gave it a four and a half. Yeah, no, really, really good stuff. Uh, predictions, Monty went for the Bucks. The rest went for FTR. Uh, so it means the girls on five, I'm on three, Monty's on two. Monty, during the show, because we were going to try and work out the predictions, and I've got Jaxie, who knew she was doing well, going, what about Monty? What about Monty? And I was like, I think Monty's gone, but I'm not 100% sure. So as soon as you went Bucks in this, I was like, I think... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, I got had a competitive point because I knew I was just kind of like winning at this point, and I was like, "Wait, hold on, what what level am I at? Like, what what score level am I at?" And James was like, "I don't know, I'm just enjoying yeah. myself." And I was like, "Find out." Let me watch the show. <laughs> I don't want to do points. Yeah. <laughs> no, I knew I lost, and I think the the biggest way I knew my I lost basically my mind state. I was like, "How many AW shows have I won? Like, I won three. How the hell did that happen? I don't I don't even watch half the time." Or the way I sued. So uh, once yeah. I started to think about how good I've done in the past, I knew I had lost this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get Tony replacing JR for Stadium Stampede, which is on Cassidy Trent, Beretta, Chuck Taylor, Eddie Kingston, Penta versus John Moxley, Claudio, Willie Uta, Santana, and Ortiz. Now, Monty, again, watching this on TV, we talked about earlier, productive, not bound to know what's going on. Watching it live, we didn't have a fucking clue what was going on half the time. We're trying to work out who was at ringside. But it was incredible. And I don't know why it was so enjoyable. Uh, the the Moxley, I don't think I've ever had heard a reaction or reacted to something as Moxley when he got the cooking skewers in his forehead and stumbling around as it come popping out. We actually couldn't believe what we were seeing. Santana powerbomb uh, Penta through chairs. Moxley stabbed Casty in the forehead with fork. Sue, Sue showed up, and we weren't sure it was Sue, but what a reaction she got as well. And then we Penta came out, and we didn't realise he'd gone. So then we go, why is Penta coming out? Did he not come out earlier? But this was Penta Oscura, of course, the darker version. Yeah, whatever. Kingston made his uh, dramatic late-match return with steel chair wrapped in barbed wire. Chuck Claudio, uh, of course, he hates. Orange Cassidy proved his toughness by wrapping his hand in glass, covered duct tape and rocking Claudio with an orange punch to score the win in the stadium stampede. Uh, so Gina starts off with the stadium stampede because, again, we didn't know what was going on, but it was fucking crazy. I mean, yeah. So I feel like my review of this match won't sound positive, even though it's meant to be, but I... I just, I felt a little, it was all over the place. I didn't know where I should be looking. And, and half the time, I didn't really know what was going on until people were shouting out. Um, so I kind of felt like a deer lost in headlights or something at this point. Um, but I was enjoying the bits that I did get to catch and see. And once my sister and James was telling me what was happening, I was enjoying it. So I did like the 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 messy feeling of it because I feel like it kind of, 
not gave me attitude error vibes but you know gave me that excitement when I was a kid and I was just watching the the palaver that was taking place on in the attitude era so it kind of took me back to like feeling like that a little bit just not knowing what's going on but just knowing everyone's just loving it <laughs> regardless it's like playing with your action thing or you know your wrestlers outside you know when there's yeah. no rules like they're jumping off yeah. like deck chairs and stuff like you know top of sheds like you just yeah and the, and the power the power bombs that you've been given like from like the top of the wall that definitely <laughs> should have killed your opponent but obviously didn't they kicked out so um yeah definitely felt like that for sure but i enjoyed it for what i did watch i do need to re-watch this one back though to see the full match in its entirety yeah no re-watching it is not as good as watching it live i will admit that uh moxley did have a cool jacket but one thing we noticed jacksley was that with bcc's entrance it nearly called a riot because security were not ready for it mm-hmm. were they? You know, that's the one yeah thing we they were not yeah i just saw an excessive amount of crowd like very much like you know the one standing sort of like towards the front but near the back like just running towards the entrance and i was like where's the security i don't see any security waiting to like you know put up a barrier you know nothing so you know again like my sister said i need to rewatch this again um because i it, it was hard to keep track of everything um the one main thing i saw was like the sticks protruding out of Moxley's head, and I was just like, "Oh, I, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, right." First of all, right, I this is really this is gonna be sound really funny, but first of all, I thought it was pasta, <laughs> like spaghetti. <laughs> Obviously, I'm aware that it, it's clearly like skewer sticks or something, but seriously, um. I'm I'm really hoping that Mox definitely got like a CT scan or something like that and just made sure that they're like all was okay brain wise because I don't know how far those were in, but that looked incredibly terrifying um up close. Um so I am looking forward to seeing this match up close because the one thing I, I did do was see tra- I saw Sue. I saw the white car and I just knew instantly that it was Sue. Um but there, it was just a lot. So I can appreciate, you know, when they've had previous stadium stampede matches, like a lot of the audience haven't been aware of certain things going on. So I'm really going to appreciate watching this match back because I really couldn't see certain movesets and stuff. It was really hard. And with no commentary either, uh, it was hard to kind of know where to look, um, in which direction, anything. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Monty, what would you score this out of five and what were your thoughts? It's, it's funny you mentioned with no commentary. I'm just going to let you know, they didn't know either. The camera work was that bad. <laughs> the camera work was that bad. Like, oh, oh my goodness. God. The camera cuts was just atrocious. You 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 seen something, then you got Excalibur, poor Excalibur, just trying to explain something away <laughs> that's not that you don't see on the TV. And it's just, uh, every time they've done this so far in an arena with people, they've had this same problem. And I'm not saying the stadium stampede needs to be retired or only for empty arenas, but I'm just saying they all they do all they've all kind of declined in quality to me from the original because of that. When because you had just we had complete freedom in the in the Jacksonville football stadium, American football stadium that they had going on. So uh, you know, but that's besides the point. This has anything anything really to do with that. 
this this match benefits from the chaos, but it's also like it's Achilles heel in a sense. Like you can be completely lost. But if you know that coming in, that is probably going to be a big cluster. And that's basically what I was expect, expecting, especially in Wembley. As big as Wembley was, but I knew they had 80,000 people in there plus. So it's like, no, this is going to be insane nine times out of ten. It's like, I don't know how they're going to keep it under control. I'm surprised it, it ended up being as concise as it ended up being. I was very happy about that. But it, it did. I'm not going to act like it was all bad. I think, like again, in this type of match, the chaos kinds of uh, is is a benefit, even though it's also a detriment in a way. But uh, also the skewer spot, like you guys said, uh, it's kind of like we mentioned about blood and guts, James. You know, if you, some people are into it, but I also saw a lot of people on Twitter or on X at the time while this was going on, just being absolutely repulsed and just turned off by it. So again, you get two 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 different completely reactions a lot of times when you go that far with the stabbing and all that type of stuff. And uh, my biggest thing, believe it or not, after everything I watched, the biggest takeaway that, that aggravated me the most, even though I still thought this was a lot of good fun, and just, again, like like you mentioned, Altitude Era, especially those hardcore matches back in the day, I agree, uh, this is definitely in that same vein. Uh, but my biggest problem was that Eddie couldn't get a dominant. Uh, Eddie couldn't get the pin. That's the only thing I, that's the only thing I really didn't mind. Not that I mind Orange Cassidy doing it because he's been on an all-time run. But I just really, really like mm. this. This the, everything about the uh, Blackpool Combat Club team was basically about Eddie, in my opinion. It didn't even really have much to do with the best friends. They were just there to fill out the team, in my opinion. Even though I know they have problems with the Blackpool Combat Club too. But honestly, Eddie kind of usurped them in my mind. But hey, I have no problem with it. Everyone contributed and did their job really well, so I have no problem with everything. Uh, and of course, Pencil is awesome. So. This was cool, but at the end of I will say that all those faults that I highlighted could be why you could see someone saying this was horrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm still gonna give it a four though. I'm not gonna lie. Like Right, me too, me too, <laughs> me too. Exactly. Everything I just said, I still give it a round of four. It was yeah, still no. good good stuff. Uh Jaxie, what about you? I'm going to give it a four. Again, uh, this is based off of, like, you know, how much I really could see. Um, you know, I'm kind of looking to, forward to re-watching this and seeing if I could see more. But, again, with what Monty said, I'm not sure if I will actually see much more than that. But uh, the one thing that I will say is I agree with Monty's point about Eddie. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a little bit weird because... I know that OC is a good wrestler, but I just, I didn't know whether or not he needed to be the one to pick up the pin. Like, so, like, I, I kind of still enjoyed the match, but I also kind of ultimately felt a little bit, like, disappointed because I thought that maybe there was going to be more repercussions coming from Eddie, like, as a result of maybe picking up the pin. And if it wasn't him, I thought, like, I went with the Black Ball Combat Club to win, I think, on this one. And I think the reason why I thought that was I, I thought they would carry on like this real sort of animosity between Claudio and Eddie. And I thought Claudio would get the pin on Eddie. So, um, you know, I, I'm happy that, you know, best friends and everyone won. But like, I I don't know if it really needed to be OC that picked up the win. You know? Mm. So we're going to score it. I gave it a four. I gave it a four, sorry. And Gina? I gave it a four as well. I gave it a four as well. Uh, we 
predictions, Monty went for Team Eddie. The rest went for the BCC, so it means the girls are on five. John C is on three. As we go for the AEW World Women's Championship, Soraya versus Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Akira Shida. Soraya got the big hometown entrance to Queen's We Will Rock You. She was accompanied to the square circle by her family. If anything in wrestling is going to tell you that she's going to win, it's this. You know, that entrance. <laughs> I was like, thank fuck. Uh, a of it was she- like instant that <laughs> meme, James, of, and this is when Jaxie realized she fucked up. You know, like it was like a double duo twice in a row. At that moment, even before the match started, I knew I'd fucking lost another point. Well, Scallop put over Sheeda's previous reign as champion because it took place during the pandemic era. But the match really got started when Saray's mother held Baker while Storm chopped her. And then the second blow knocked Mum out and resulted in a physical confrontation between the outcast teammates. I actually, Monty, you won't believe this, but I actually called Ruby Soho to the ring. I don't know how I did this, but I just, I said Ruby and the next moment she's running down and trying to talk Storm out of damaging Saray's neck. Storm rocked her with a forearm. So, so just went, no, I'm not having that. And fucked off. The match had a lot going on. Uh, of course, a lot of spots piled on top of each other. Saray got the pin on Tony after spraying her. So your new AEW Women's Champion. Saray celebrated with her family in a moment. That was nice. Uh, but you have to wonder about the future of the women's division. So... Monty, what were your thoughts on this? Because it all went for shit for me and Gina during this. Yeah, uh, like you mentioned, I think also what I noticed when Soraya's interest music hit and I knew he paid, uh, I knew Tony had to go back, go into the bank for that. I was like, one, I'm like, first of all, uh, it's going to be something else that happened. I think Jericho's going to have something, Queen or Eddie, uh, you know, I think I think he's going to do something Freddie Mercury inspired, uh, inspired also, and I was like, okay, there's other British, you know, legends who passed away <laughs> yeah. that I could think of, but it's fine. I'm not gonna worry about it. I guess Tony's big Queen fans. It's fine. I Everyone knows Queen. That I live aid video to the to the crew, like for just on and on and on. They don't realize anybody else was actually there. Yeah, it's like I'm, there's other people you could go to, but that's fine. Yeah. And also, I also was like, okay, that's why Mercedes' uh, seats didn't look like the best seats if AEW covered them, because you know <laughs> he had to he had to pay for those for that for those rights to the Queen song. But uh, yeah, the fact that that's what I'm thinking about in this match just shows you what this match was for me. Uh, I was disappointed, and it's not that I, not by the result. Obviously, you'll explain later, James, but. Uh, it was because of just the fact that I just came away from it. I was like, if you're going to do one women's match, then it better be given time and it better be like a match that's memorable. And from what I've seen online and just from what I took away from the match too, not that I'm as down on it as some people were, but you know, this ends up being one of the worst matches of the night. And it's mostly, and it's not even just in, in my opinion, the fault of any part, people in my opinion, because I, I don't mind the booking of it the, with the outcast kind of, you know, and, uh, and then doing it. I, I, like I said, doing it where she was, it makes sense. And with the family involvement, all of that's fine. It makes sense. And I'm pretty sure Soraya will never forget this, no matter what marks on the Internet say, how good they say the match was. But uh, I did I did kind of when I look back and I realized, oh, this was barely even nine minutes. And I'm just like. 
that's very disappointing that not only do you get this type of, you only get one women's match, but it gets barely, you can't even get 10 minutes of wrestling time for four of your, uh, your best women on the roster. So again, it's just one of those things. I, I, we've beaten a dead horse at this point when it comes to Tony's booking of the women's division. But, uh, I, I must say though, I did come away with the with the match saying it was okay. It, I didn't have a problem with it. It was passable, but it was definitely disappointing in in some ways. Uh, but the story and the what the creative way they decided to do this was fine with me. And I did. I just was absolutely as much as I wanted to be right. I was still kind of aggravated for Sheeta because it's just like they could if that if you look at the result and what we got, why Tony just could not be the champion here and and get pinned anyway. So that's the only thing. But it is what it is. I have no problem with the way everything played out except the time. And then, again, maybe they wouldn't have had to rush. Maybe some things would have been even better if they had a 15-minute, 20-minute cushion that they could settle themselves into. But, you know, it is what it is at this point with AEW's women's division. And congrats to Soraya because, again, I know this would be something she'll never forget because whether people like her or not, she gets unfairly criticized, in my opinion, uh, as a, especially as a human being, like people talk about her, like she's just a garbage person or whatever. And I just, when you think about what her story and what she's overcame, it's crazy to me how negative people still are yeah, about her. Even though everything that 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 she's been through is not necessarily everything, every negative about her is not necessarily her fault. Some of it is, but not all of it. But anyway, like I said, congrats to Soraya because coming back from uh, injury where it was supposed to be over for you and being able to do that in your home country. Uh, that was, kudos, man. It was awesome. Yeah, but like you said, you made some excellent points there, you know, and it did feel a bit Russian. And, and Gina, I know my reaction to the result wasn't great, but the match itself, we could have done with more, couldn't we, you know? Definitely. I was so disappointed coming out of the show. Um, I actually did look up the wrestling time because it didn't, Again, when you're there in person, you don't really register how long the match actually goes on for. So where I came away from the match, well, I say enjoying it, not really, um, not with the result because I wasn't expecting that result or wanting it. But regardless, when I saw the length of it, it just felt even more disappointing because, again, as Monty pointed out, it's like one women's match out of this huge card and you even squeezed in a last-minute um, match on the kickoff show which you could have made another women's match but instead you made a, a male match um, and uh, you just relegated them to under 10 minutes like less than 10 minutes you should have given them 20 minutes where each girl had like a five minute window to show showcase they could be why each four of them are like the four women pillars that they've decided to bring to Wembley and put in this one match on the show so that's how it should have gone, really. Um, so I was disappointed for the four women in the fact that they were they were told that they had to squeeze their match into just eight minutes, which is really unfair. Um, and again, like I agree with you, Monty. I really do. I have nothing personal against any of the female wrestlers in this match, especially Soraya. I don't have anything personal against her, but I really didn't just didn't want her to get this win. If you were, if they were going to give her this win, they should have showcased her a lot more in in matches over the past few weeks that have gone on. Yes, we've seen her in this little tournament to be able to get into this match, 
but like I feel like we've seen Ruby and Tony still be in more matches than Mozzarella has. If they had showcased her in in more matches, even just against Nomads, it doesn't have to be big matches. But if they just showcased her more matches, then I feel like the win was deserved. And I feel like if she was going to get that win, and because she pinned Tony, why not just leave the belt on Tony? Because if you wanted to give Sheeta the belt back because you wanted to give her some time on having it in front of a, a crowd, you really did her a disservice because you only gave her you, you gave her such a short window. So yeah, I was really disappointed, but it's not because I dislike Soraya and I don't think she deserves doesn't deserve to be champ. That's not it, and that's not the case. I'm happy for her, but I'm just disappointed because I didn't feel it was deserved at the time. I felt like she should have been showcased a lot more before this event to warrant having that win. But yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, there was a lot of. I mean, this is the weird thing about it. We've been saying and talking that this could have been the main event, you know? Like, I know the MJF thing, the Adam Cole, but, you know, when you think about a British woman or, you know, English woman winning a title, at you know, you it, it, it's never going to happen, but you, I mean, it could be Jaxie, isn't it? I mean, is that what kind of... Do we need drastic changes now with the women's division to actually kind of, you know, because like we talk about even with Mercedes Monet, there's only going to be space for one match on the card now, you know? Surely it yeah. should be more. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, completely agree with all that's been said. I don't want to... I, I know we've been going off on a tangent and talking a lot about each and every match, so I don't want to just dissect the match itself. But I have to agree with a lot of what was said. I feel like the win was bittersweet. I really wanted, like, you know, Soraya to have this moment, you know, um, like... I, from what I could see, it looked like a great match showcasing all four women. Uh, there was slight disappointment for me. I, I think it's no secret to know that like I obviously was a very huge Sheila fan. I think the disappointment for me lied in the fact that I kind of believed that with so much emphasis being on the fact that like she'd carried the women's division throughout the COVID pandemic, um, I really felt like she was going to be given a, her her moment with this second run. So I didn't really feel like the, the belt was going to change, even though there was a lot of significance to Soraya. But as my sister actually pointed out, Soraya's not been showcased much in as many matches as the likes of Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. So at, like my way of thinking really was that we were kind of giving Sheeta her moment and actually going to give her a lengthy decent reign to actually re-help capitalise and, and build up the women's division because I do believe that Shida was a very strong women's champion uh, even back in the COVID pandemic um, and I believe that, you know, there, there would have been a lot more stability at having her retain here. Uh, so I can't help deny there was slight disappointment in her loss. Uh, I was very excited for Soraya. You know, from from a uh, uh, person that is you know born from the uk i'm very proud to see that she managed to pick up this win as monty said i agree like you know knowing that it, we we didn't think that this would be possible for soraya at this moment in time so i i agree she deserves this do i think that there's been enough build-up for this though as my sister said i agree i don't think there's been enough build-up for soraya to have won that belt at that moment in time so I think that's where my disappointment lies. This match really was just kind of up and down for me because, yeah, ultimately I was disappointed with 
like the lack of time we got I kind of felt as soon as like it was over like wait that was it like this is the only women's match on this card and that was it like I literally felt like this was going to be like a battle for the ages so there was disappointment definitely right from even a viewer point of view you know so right so scores out of five Len uh Monty what would you score this five the moment uh, definitely deserved, you know, it's like a five-star moment for Soraya. But the match, uh, I give it three and a half. Like I said, they tried their best with what they were given. You give them nine minutes, I think they did good when you think about that. Yeah. Then like I said, the stomp would be the best-looking part of the match. Uh, Gina, what about you out of five? Yeah, same as Monty, three and a half. Jaxie? Yeah, I gave it a three and three quarters. Yeah, I gave it a three and three quarters as well. Uh, predictions, girls went for Sheena, the boys went for Soraya, so it means girls on five, Jonty's on four. Coffin match, Sting and Darby Allen versus Swerve, Sukin and Kirsten Cage next. Uh, Sting and Allen uh, entered the arena <laughs> with Seeker destroyed by Metallica. And anyone who doesn't know, Arn's a massive mark. This was Sting's last uh, WCW theme. <laughs> uh, we yeah. saw, we, we went out for drinks. There was a few matches we decided to go out for more uh, money, drinks or food, Monty. And uh, we did this. We saw Sting's entrance and then decided maybe take a little break. So when I got back and I realised Sting was handcuffed, I had all, you know, hands tied together, had no idea what the fuck was going on. Uh, but one thing you did learn is that the first you don't succeed, throw yourself on top of Strickland and break the table anyway. Uh, and this might be Sting's last stadium show. We just don't know. So to see like a 62-year-old man throw himself around uh, was pretty impressive. Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus made late appearances. Allen took a nasty bump after dropping on the coffin. Sting used a baseball bat to prevent the lid from closing, thus saving him and Allen from defeat. And they finally put Swerve in the coffin to win the match. Uh, Jaxie, what are your thoughts on this? Because, again, great to see Sting. But after like, the Stadium Stampede match, this, this just really didn't feel much, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, it, I, I don't know. I think that, like I, again, I think it was I went with you at this point to go and get drinks and food. Um, so, obviously, came back at the same time as you. Uh, like this match, you know, kind of like had its moments, like it was kind of like hype and stuff. And again, like like you said, it kind of had a bit of similarities with Stadium Stampede. However, this, it felt a little bit more controlled. But like, let me ask you this. Is staying cursed with like, you know, like not being able to break tables? Because like, I swear they just want to put that man through the ringer. And I'm constantly like praying that he's okay. I, I seriously, that was like the one moment that I kind of like felt like I was having heart palpitations because, yeah, he had to do it twice again, you know, like give him a break for goodness sake. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit tough, you know, to kind of follow everything that we had seen at that point in time, you know, like I said, but it is good to see Sting. I mean, how did it come across on TV, Monty? Because again, this felt like it was in the wrong position. Yeah, I think that was the thing. I, I have to give them props when you think about the fact that, that, that they had a stadium stampede before this. 
You know what I'm saying? So yeah, they did a really good job of still being creative. Darby Allen has no does not care. I think I saw a recent quote that he's banged up from doing that stupid coffin drop on a coffin. I mean, I no one told, I, I no one tells, I don't think anyone tells Darby to do some of the stuff he does. So the, if he says his back is messed up, I'm not surprised. But he's still working because he's insane. And well, no, Sting is also, that he didn't, he didn't, you know, use a fake coffin and Punk choked him out for using a real one. After <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, Sting is also insane. Swerve looked good here. You know, even though technically that the match wasn't over, his hair was out of the casket. They should have kept it going. Yeah, uh, that's oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you've been spending too much time with me. That's- yeah, I definitely noticed it. I definitely noticed that. Uh, but uh, I must say too that uh, is it, Christian is just such a great, just great. He's just awesome. He's such a great heel, and the way he's berating, uh, I think Darby at one point. You you don't you guys didn't get a chance to see that or hear that, but to see it come across on camera, just watch Christian be a dick, is just awesome. You know, he's just so good at it. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, just how naturally it, it all comes across for Christian. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, uh, I thought everyone, like I said, you have to kind of give them props, tip, tip the cat for still making, a, giving us an entertaining match. Like you said, after all of that we had seen, we literally seen a guy get stabbed. A couple matches earlier, and then they they come out here and Darby tries to kill himself, and we get the like you said, pretty much a seventy year old man, just fearless at this point. But uh, it was fun; it was good fun. I will say that, even if uh, again, some people may not even like this, but I don't. I think honestly, if you think about everyone involved, you, you watched it, especially from my point of view. Uh, it was really, really cool. I, uh, you know, it was really a, a cool match. Even though I don't, I understand you guys getting up and taking a break because man, you guys still had a still had a lot to left yeah. to watch. You know, so you got to pace yourself. But uh, yeah, man, this was a good time. Yeah, but it's even great seeing Swerve from you know NXT days to actually see him in a match, with right? Sting in a big in arena a like that show. too. And we, I think, the three of us worked out the only reason they saved the match till then was so Sting didn't come out in the light. You know, like it was night time at that point. So that was, they did, they wanted Sting's entrance to kind of, you know, feel a bit more special. Uh, but again, I mean, Gina, what were your match out of five? And what were your thoughts? Um, I think at this point as well, I my voice was kind of hurting from screaming a lot. So this was like the match that I kind of chilled myself out a bit and just, you know, rested up. Um, so the match was good and I actually enjoyed seeing Sting live. I was really, really looking forward to seeing Sting. Um, so I didn't mind the fact that we had to wait until like the night for just for his entrance to be special because I'm glad I got to experience that. Um, but yeah, like you guys said, I think it was tough to like follow after some of the matches that we did have. And I also think I was sulking a little bit still about the whole Sheeta and Soraya thing, you know? So for me, even though the match seems like it was good, I am going to have to rewatch it back to see like how it looked um, on, on screen. Again, with my, me and my sister were just cringing at like the curse that Sting has with tables and the fact that they don't like to break on him for him for the first time. So, um, apart from that, again, I got to see Sting live. So, for me, that was just awesome. Um, again, the, the match didn't wow me too much. I, I kind of figured the outcome was co- coming. Um, and I, I think I gave it a three and three quarters. Yeah, 
that's exactly what I gave it as well. Uh, actually, what would you score it out of five? Uh, I give it a three and a half. Three and a half. And Monty? Yeah, I gave it a four. Gave it a four. Uh, predictions, we all went faces, so it means the girls on six, John T's on five. Then we had Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. And I tell you something, like, uh, and Monty, from your words and, and being with the girls as well, is yeah, I, I didn't really pick, you know, a lot of stuff. Uh, and I wanted to do kind of Judas uh, with the entrance. And instead, I think we just sang. So again, I was just completely involved uh, in it. And I could have done with another verse for Judas. I'm not going to lie. I was ready. You know, I was trying to get everybody else around me going, yeah, I am not afraid. No, okay, by myself. It was fine. Uh, but he didn't, again, I could have a Jericho sing with Judas a little bit longer. Uh, Fuzzy a little bit longer with Judas before come out. You know, stick another couple of verses on it. Uh, we saw Jericho attacking Will at the Red Pro the night before. Osprey entered to elevate and a beautiful display of pyro from the roof of the stadium. There's one thing about stadium shows, Monty, they can present someone as a star. And Will looked the biggest star in the world at that point, didn't he, you know? Yeah, I really think that when I, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, if I'm Tony Khan and it's contract time, I'm putting this on the video. And I'm like, this is what we're going to do for you every time. We get you at a big event, Osprey. We're gonna make you look like this, and you know, uh, and I think like you're 100. percent You look like the biggest star in the world. And the way people sing Judas, that was the way I was singing "Elevate" because that's my favorite <laughs> theme song from Osprey. I like the little remix, the little heel remix that they play sometimes, but I prefer this one. "Elevate" is an iconic song. Yeah, well, I tell you what, Will had the second biggest response of the night. You know, the crowd became unglued. And Will also had written into his robe every UK promotion he'd ever worked for. Uh, Right. And it just shows you Will cares so much, you know, about the British independence scene. And that's probably why he stuck around for so long as well, to help Red Pro out. Um, Booking him with Callis was the wrong call because we didn't give a fuck. Like, you could have... I can't imagine any... (laughs) You know what Any wrestler... You know, bring out Christian teamed with Callis, teamed with Dominic Mysterio. We still would have cheered him, you know. Uh, Jericho hit a wicked German suplex on the ring apron. Osprey delivered a shooting star press from the top rope, who was draped over it. Jericho versus a stormbreaker into the walls of Jericho. Sammy Guevara came out and rocked Osprey with a baseball bat to the head whilst he was trapped. But the aerial assassin fought back in the match and out the submission hole. There was a great near fall with Jericho hitting a low blow and the Judas effect. A defiant Jericho taunted Osprey, who delivered a second Stormbreaker to score the win. After the match, Jericho shoved Guevara away and, and appeared to be frustrated. He's made his way up the ramp. But, I mean, the match itself was fun. I was one of those that was just sitting there. You go, we hit Stormbreaker, hidden blade. And a lot of people around us, obviously, like you said, you singing the theme, Monty, probably didn't know the moveset of Will. So, again, it's it's different. You know, I say different, you know, I'm learning. I'm slowly learning here. Uh, but as for the match, what a spectacle. Gina, Osprey versus Jericho, what are your thoughts? Because this was brilliant. It definitely was like a main event type match. Will, like you said, Will Osprey just came across like the biggest star ever in this match. He did so well. They both brought the best out of each other in this match, and they made each other look so good. 
Um, I agree with you. I would have loved Jericho to just stand up there with Fozzie and have sung with them for a bit longer. You know, like seeing as you're getting Fozzie to play at Wembley, may as well give us like the full the full thing. Um, I would have absolutely loved it if he, he he let us at least do two verses and two choruses, you know. Mm. Um, and then during the second chorus, he walks down to the ring and gets ready for it. So it it was definitely a great match, and it did rewake me back up in terms of excitement and and being hype and jumping up and down and screaming. And again, this is like our second time seeing Osprey live. We saw him at the New Japan event in a tag match with Aussie Open, I think it was. Um, and but so it was great. We get to say that we've seen Will in both capacities live now. You know, in a tag match and in a singles match, and he just again he just smashed it. Everything, everything, both him and Jericho did, there was like story behind it or there was, you know, passion and power behind it. And you could just feel it from them in the ring. So it just made the atmosphere that much better to watch, you know? Yeah. No, like I said, excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, Jackson, what are your thoughts on this? Because obviously, like Gina said, we saw Will last year uh, and Osprey just kind of seems to have grown and grown in. And Jericho, to his credit, put in a great performance to keep up with Osprey as well. Mm, that was the thing I was going to comment on, was like sort of like commending Jericho because Osprey was sort of like, you know, showcasing what he can do and just like proving what a talent he is, you know. Um, but, you know, it, took a, it must have took a lot of stamina for Jericho to keep up with Osprey because some of the moves he was delivering was, you know, pretty hard-hitting uh, so fair play to him on that as well. I really did enjoy this match and agree with a lot of your comments. Would I have minded another uh, like verse of Fozzy? No, I wouldn't have. Um, but yeah, overall, just really enjoyed it. I wasn't disappointed by anything, even the outcome of this. So yeah. Uh, well, Monty, this is the thing about Will as well, is that he's, you know, slow the pace, but his intensity is spot on, isn't it, you know? Yeah, if it's one thing Will Ospreay knows how to do is he knows how to bring big match energy. Uh, and uh, he's been in a lot of them, even if it's nowhere near to this scale. So for him to be in his home country, like you mentioned, this means the world to him. UK wrestling is something that he has always wanted to put on the map himself. And even though he's worked in New Japan, I think part of him going to New Japan initially was to exp- was to expand the United, the United Kingdom's wrestling reach all the way to Japan, and you know what I mean? Be there with a guy like a Zack Sabre Jr. and just get more of his guys over. He's still doing that with the United Empire. So, you know, uh, to do that, to be there at Wembley, you know how much it meant to him, and you can see it in this match. And like you guys said, Jericho came along for the ride. I don't think this is a Will Ospreay fast-paced match that some people may thought think it would have been, and I think that just shows people that Ospreay at this stage of his career – can do whatever style you want him to do. You want him to go strong style Japan? He can. Can can he tell a story? Of course he can. Can he be physical? Can he do a slower pace? He did it here and uh, did a little bit of all of that in this one match. So I thought it was a great showcase for Will. I thought Jericho looked good as someone who's, you know, basically 50 plus 50 and still, you know, basically trying to tell everyone that I still belong uh, on AEW television. I know a lot of people have been telling Jericho, and probably rightfully so because we got way too much Jericho for a while, uh, that a lot of people have been telling Jericho that he needs to take a back. And I think this matches him trying to, you know, bunk back against that and show that, no, uh, I'm doing really good and I still can go. And I can put a guy over like a, a Will Ospreay 
who uh, benefited, in my opinion, from this. So I thought this was good all around. And I really thought this was a special moment for Osprey. Kind of like with Soraya, a night that she'll never forget. This is definitely like a British Bulldog Wembley moment for Osprey in his career. And I think, again, when it, when we come back to around to these contracts, uh, this is something that's going to come up. If I'm, if I'm Tony, I gave you a special moment in the biggest arena in your uh, in your building. You know, and I got an extra, you know, million to try to offer you. So we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But yeah, this is a beautiful showcase. Yeah. Like I said, if it was for a championship, you know, maybe it'd been even a little bit more special. You know, we will win a title that matter. You know, I don't want to, if it was for like the fucking, I don't know, you know, Ring of Honor TV title, maybe not special. But you can imagine Will in that situation there. Uh, like I said, really fun. And Chris Jericho has got an interesting record because he's going to miss out on All Out. Uh, so it means that he it would be the first AEW paper he's never wrestled on. But there is one... Um, I would say there is one member of the roster, I'll say. Yeah, I don't want to give it away. But the Young Bucks are the only members of the roster now to appear in every single AEW pay-per-view. That is the record. I mean, so Jericho, like I said, has been featured heavily and this might be one of the best that we've seen him in AEW. Out of five, Monty, what would you give it? I was really into this. I gave it four, uh, I think four and a half, yeah. Four and a half. Jaxie? Yeah, um, I've got a four and a quarter. And Gina? I gave it a four and a half. Yeah. Uh, predictions, you weren't real, so Gail's on seven, Jonty's on six. Nigel McGuinness announced 81,032. Well, actually, it's 81,035 because the three of us were there at Wembley. And then, yo, listen. Yo, listen. It's the acclaimed trio championship. The acclaimed in Billy Gunn versus House of Black. House of Black paid tribute to the late Bray Wyatt during her entrance with Matthews carrying a lantern. Cast included a line about Prince Andrew, which kind of made us pop big as well. The Babyface delivered Shiver Me Timbers to Julia Hart to take her out of the, uh, out of the equation. King Eventy leveled Black, setting up the Babyface comeback. Hart pulled referee or Edwards out the ring, breaking up the count. Black took advantage, blasted gun with Black Mass, but the veteran kicked out. I don't think I've seen anybody kick out of that before. Brody King kicked out the arrival, and the mic drop at one. But the Babyface fired off second version of each move and won the title. And the House of Black handed the titles over afterwards. And I've got to say, Jackson Gene, it was a pleasure scissoring you during this match. You know, I, I always wanted to know what it's going to be like scissoring people live. Uh, and there's no kind of experience quite like it, you know. So really, really good stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts of the acclaimed winning trio's gold? Who did you say? Monty, sorry, go on. What are your thoughts? Okay, me. Okay, uh, no, this was fine. I thought this was, wasn't really a match to me. I mean, it was, uh, but it just felt like a moment. You guys really were into it, so that made it extra fun. I think you guys are just happy to see all of these guys when you think about, uh, you know, House of uh, Black and being so popular. I love their tribute and just the way they, they look great. It's very weird seeing them in all white. <laughs> but it was cool, you know, at the same time. But and uh, 
and an acclaimed great as always. I thought this worked worked out. It was fine. It wasn't again. It wasn't anything. The most it wasn't the most memorable as far as like a match goes. The most memorable moment to me was like you mentioned, Billy Gunn kicking out of Black Mass, and who would have thought the first person you ever see survive <laughs> that finisher would be Billy Gunn? Ain't that something? But uh, you know, again, I have no problem with this. I thought everything ended up being uh, fine. The title change, I thought that was, thought it was about time. I thought if they're, you're going to keep giving their claim a shot, but they have to win at this point. So I thought that was the right move. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it, was, it was pretty damn cool. That's what I'll say. It was a pretty cool uh, situation, even if I felt like it was more of a moment than a, a real, like, match match. But guess what? Even though I say that, that it didn't feel like a real match, it was longer than the women's match. That's just depressing. Uh, Gina, what were your thoughts on what you're going to score this out of five? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I agree with most of what you guys have said. I was quite disappointed um, that House of Black lost, to be honest. I expected them to win. I just didn't understand with the whole daddy ass leaving and coming back. I just felt like it was, he threw a strop and so they're like, okay, we'll give you the trio's titles, come back, sort of thing. Like, even though I know that's not what happened and not not the case, like, that's how it feels in a way. So I was a little disappointed because I am a big House of Black fan, but it was still great to experience and watch them all live. I was excited to see all six of them live, regardless as to what match they were in. So I was glad to see this. Um, and, yeah, it was interesting to do the scissoring live. Um, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy it, but would I choose to do it again? No. Uh, it's just not my thing. <laughs> you weren't in the mood for it. You know, me and Jack wow. considered so hard. You were sucking. So well. Just I had my tongue out and everything, it. you know. I don't think Gina knew how to do it properly. That was a big issue. You just I weren't just, good enough, Jane. That other guy that was sat next to me, that was just too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That disgusted me. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so out of five, I'm going to give it three and three quarters out of five. Um, Gina, what did you score it? Three and a half. Three and a half. Jaxie? I mean, uh, I really enjoyed uh, House of Black's entrance. Uh, seeing them with sort of the lantern in sort of like a, a sort of respect to Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, it was, was really nice, you know, like, and sort of like got all the feels. Again, I kind of agree with my sister. I'm a huge fan of House of Black, so I can't deny I was disappointed with the outcome, but I knew this was going to happen. I I don't agree that I feel like the acclaimed uh, should have won the trio's belts from House of Black. I feel like they should have continued on their dominant run. Um, but I, I know that it was a feel-good moment as well. So I won't take away from that. And I actually, I didn't mind the scissoring. Like, it was just such a fun moment. I do do it live. You know, I even when I'm watching wrestling at home, I'm watching it whilst on the phone or on a chat with my sister uh, so that we can enjoy it. So we're not really there in person to be able to do that. So it was a fun experience. Um, but I was, again, like the women's match, a little bit disappointed with the outcome. I kind of really wanted House Black to stay dominant. Um but, yeah, to hear that it went longer than the women's match is also still another sting because, again, I feel like the women deserve better. So, yeah, I don't know what, what, what Tony needs to do, but he needs to 
do better for the women. What do you score it, sorry? Uh, I think I, I gave it a four. Give it a four. And Monty? Yeah, I give it three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Uh, all right, predictions all went acclaimed, apart from Gina. Now, Gina, this is saying, I don't know if we talk about this record. The last, like, four events you haven't won, where you've kind of thrown it away either in the main event or the match before. I say throw it away. There's only been one match difference. So it's crazy to think how close you actually are. It's not like me and Monty who fucked ourselves from the very beginning. You know, even with NXT, so, so close. Uh, so at the moment, Jack... You Jack's... know what? I knew it as well. I knew that the acclaimed were going to win, but my stubborn ass just couldn't choose anybody else apart from House of Black. Mm. So I kind of had to take this one on the chin because I kind of knew this was going to come. Well, we'll see what happens with uh, payback and all out. But we're on the main event of All In now, the AW World Championship, Adam Cole versus MJF. This had a big match feel from the get-go, thanks in part to uh, the entrance from MJF. The devil uh, was fantastic here. And not worried about, you know, sometimes when you've seen the rest of before, what the second ovation is going to be like, there was nothing to be worried about there. The tag champs grabbed their new T-shirts from under the ring and put them on in a sign of unity. MJF could not bring himself to Tombstone Cole in the announce table. The challenger did not have the same hesitation. A tease draw was negated by MJF, declaring that it would go until there was a winner at Wembley. Of course, a nice call but cut to Cole asking for five minutes. Both guys tried their best to Guerrero. MJF grabbing a steel chair and placed it round his head. Bryce Ringberg got back to his feet. Uh, Cole accidentally <laughs> Panama. I don't know how you can accidentally Panama Sunrise someone, but Cole did with Remsburg. Uh, the Dynamite Diamond Ring, but MGF refused as Roger Strong and Neck Brace appeared in low blow. We get Panama Sunrise and the boom, uh, and possibly the slowest referees count in the history. Even though Hebner wasn't that slow, uh, but MGF managed to kick out. With Roger Strong causing a distraction, uh, a small package roll-up got MGF the victory. And after a few tense moments, it appeared Cole may betray MGF. The friends hugged it out to close out the show to ticket-take fireworks and everything else in between. So, Jaxi, what were your thoughts on the main event of All In? Um... I mean, if I'm truly honest, like, but it was really hard at this point uh, to kind of keep shouting. I felt like my voice was uh, really strained at this point. Um, I was really intrigued by this match to see kind of like how the outcome was actually going to sort of like take place um, um, or, or what like was going to happen, how it was going to sort of amount to. So uh, there was a lot of ups and downs in this, but I must agree like that, that rough count, like, because, I was just like, why was it going so slow? It was like the slowest rough count I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, like it was enjoyable because, you know, even with, you know, my choice of outcome, I'm feeling very much like 90% sure I was right in who I chose to win. Um, there was still that aspect of, oh, like, will the devil show up? Like, what's going to happen during this match? How will the outcome, like, happen? So I feel like, you know, uh, like, there was just a lot of excellent storytelling from 
the fact that they opened all in with their tag match and winning the belts to the fact that they are ultimately choosing to go against one another right now for the ultimate belt. So there was so much excitement in this match. I think it was quite overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, no, really, really. I mean, I wasn't a fan of maybe the story. I mean, Gina, this is like we spoke about there. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of the story, maybe like you were. And I like, kind of rolled up pin to M things was a little bit cheap in my eyes. But I, there's no doubt both men, and especially re-watching it, MJF put in like a lifetime performance. You know what I mean? He tried everything in his heart to get the crowd invested, and the crowd responded. MJF was like the hero here, wasn't he? Uh, it was actually really difficult because it was really hard to determine who was actually the face and who was actually the heel here. When this first started out, you would initially believe that obviously MJF is going to be the heel and Adam Cole is going to be the face going into it. But it's like it's like they were both faces, but they were also both heels in a way. It, it's hard because you were like cheering for one, but then you were still cheering for the other as well. So, yeah, I definitely get it. Um, I'm, I am a little bit disappointed with the ending, like you guys said. You know, I think roll-up pins are kind of like a cheap way out and as a wrestler someone said to me like oh you're gonna finish your match with a roll-up pin I'd be like no I'm not like that would be the worst like ending for a match for me so I I would definitely not like that to be in my match let alone a main event match so that was quite disappointing I would say especially because you know we had these guys on the very first match so to have it end with them as well you were kind of expecting something big and special and roll up pin doesn't really scream that well you wouldn't really get that and again if this is AEW's wrestlemania would you get that a main event at wrestlemania maybe certain times but again it just felt a bit you know not of a cop-out but like i said very interesting way to end things with two guys hugging and trying to celebrate that if you know what i mean Yeah, exactly. It just kind of felt bittersweet in the end. Uh, Monty, what about you? What were your thoughts on this matchup? First of all, I think you would hate Yano if you if you hate roll-ups. <laughs> you would hate Tor Yano. I just had to watch fucking finisher. eight of his matches, didn't I? <laughs> well, fucking... Right. You would hate Tor Yano because that's pretty much his finisher, a low blow and then a roll-up. But I, I kind of understand what you're saying. The only thing is, I think my whole thing was that I figured out that they were they're going for Brett uh, Bulldog. That's the only way it makes sense is if you're trying to tell me you want to have a roll up finish here because of what happened in the Bulldog Brett match. Even with the friends and the feuding type of thing, I guess was kind of similar to uh, Brett Bulldog. Even though had run out with a net brace, SummerSlam maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, Nightheart had to come out there, right? Cracked out of his mind also, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, but besides that, no, it was it was fun. I had a great time with the match. Like you said, Max, this is an all-time performance. Even if he's not ever going to officially turn babyface, this was that moment where it's like, no, nah, he's, he's the man. Whether well, face, heel, you know, he's going to he, he keep being so nice, he's going to have to stop calling himself the devil. But that's what I like. I like the fact that he's such a bad guy that even while he's being uh, uh, good for Max, Everyone is still looking for the bad guy move and what's going to happen. And I was looking for it, too. I honestly agree with you guys. You guys really hit on the point of, like, in your main event, in your biggest show ever, you expect 
something to happen and for them to just kind of end up deciding that nope, we're not we're not gonna pull the trigger. <laughs> my end my end thing was like I think Tony and them sold too many t-shirts of this <laughs> for this tag team. I think he's like, no, we're making a shit ton of money right now with this team, with these better than you baby shirts. We're gonna keep them together as long as possible because that's the only way you end up with this conclusion when you think about what the store was building. Because leading up to this, you didn't know if Adam was gonna turn, you didn't know if Max was gonna turn. So I just figured at the end of the day, someone is gonna either attempt to completely turn or something. They teased the hell out of it, but it didn't happen. I I enjoyed it, even if the story is kind of confusing. And like you guys said, I think in my opinion, Max deserved all his flowers for what he was able to do here, especially as the number one guy in this particular confusing type of feud, because honestly, I can't ever think I've ever seen a feud kind of go this way, but I it's think this ending. also means that it's this not, is not over. Yeah, yeah it's not over. It, it, they're, yeah. they're the closest thing to RK Bro, you know, and I know a lot of people have forgotten about RK Bro now. Right, but right, right. This is what I was kind of thinking between the two. Uh, right, so scores out of five then for the main event. Um, Jaxi, start us off. What's your score for this? Uh, yeah, like I, I gave it like you know it, it it was a decent match, so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give it a four and a half. But like I don't feel like it was like my favorite match of the night. No, Gina. Yeah, same. I gave it a four and a half. It was a good match, but it wasn't my match of the night. No, Monty. Yeah, four and a half. Also, where I ended up. Four and a half all round. So predictions, we all went MGF. So final scores means James, Monty, and Gina are on eight. Jaxi wins on nine. So Jaxi gets the point to the AW League. Oh, no. The AW <laughs> Prediction League now. James and Gina on two. Monty, Jaxi on three. So congratulations, Jaxi, for your win today. Yeah, I needed this point. You know, I'm sucking in WWE at the moment. So, you know, the least I could do is actually be on par with Monty um, within AEW. Hopefully we'll see how the next few uh, pay-per-views go. Um, I already have succumbed to losing the WWE one, though. You definitely have. Uh, But no, in all honesty, we don't know. Time can still change with everything. And Gina will say to you as well, just keep going. You're getting close. You know, it's, it's, like a, it's like a striker who's he's getting the chances but maybe not putting them away. And your time will come. And just think, me and Gina <laughs> could win all out and be level with you two anyway. So it's not over till it's over. Uh, well, it, the episode's nearly over now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I meant as a whole. So what we're going to do, because uh, I've decided, if we end up doing all out predictions, we'll probably be here till about one o'clock in the morning. And uh, I've got a job to get to uh, tomorrow. So what I was thinking is yeah. with All Out, we'll just send it to each other after the show. Uh, get that sorted out because we'll be reviewing All Out in two weeks. Next week, we're doing Payback. And what I thought about doing then is because we're not going to have time on this show is to talk about CM Punk and go into a bit more detail before Payback next weekend. Does that sound good for everybody? That sounds awesome. All right, cool. So all we got to do is just wrap it up. So overall, we talk about the show in itself. So uh, for me, it was a great spectacle. But obviously overshadowed in the end what happened to Punk, which we'll talk about. Uh, but as a show, Jaxie's show overall, uh, tell me what 
thoughts of the show was your match, your MVP, and your rating, please. Okay. Um, I think overall, I am gonna. This comes from a biased point of view, but like being there live just kind of was really surreal and something I never imagined kind of happening at the beginning of 2023. So I have to say my overall experience was just in- absolutely incredible. Uh, it was amazing. Obviously, we were kind of all in the moment, so none of us were kind of, it, you know, in between matches, none of us were looking at social media. So I don't want to, I'm not going to judge the overall event on um, the things that transpired or the things that we found out that had transpired after I'm just going to base it on the event itself, the experience that we kind of had and everything like that. Um, my match of the night, surprisingly, um, I actually have gone FTR and Young Bucks on that. Um, watching it live, um, you know, the amount of sort of like moments for me just really stood out. And I, I do agree with Monty in some sense where I feel like it probably wasn't the best match between the two of them. But seeing it live was just a complete different experience and uh, just one that I thoroughly enjoyed and could see what uh, I, I would want to watch them live, both, both teams live again. So I'm going to go with that. Um, MVP. I'm actually going to go MJF on this one because MJF has been just playing a really great game. Um you know, throughout all of this, you know, all of us are really still anticipating when this devil is going to come out. So I'm going to give him MVP for the whole night overall. And what's your score out of 10 for the whole show? Yeah, I'm really biased. So I'm at, I've enjoyed myself so much. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10, um, but I'm very, very biased here. People listening for the first time, Jackson to give it a 9 is like giving it 12 out of 10. Like, I don't think Jaxie's exactly. ever Exactly, like, it's really rare. <laughs> yeah. It's very rare for me to do. It really is. But I can't deny how much I enjoyed myself. So I'm I'm being honest with this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, not like I'm not honest with the others, but yeah, you're, like... You're full of yeah. shit. <laughs> no, it's not that, but I'm just telling you how much I thoroughly enjoyed it. So right. I can't, like, rate it lower because of my overall experience of it, not with, you know, everything that kind of we found out after yeah, we're out of shadow of a doubt. Uh, Gina, same to you then. What's your match of the night, MVP and rating? Um, okay, well, my match of the night, I think I'm going to give it to Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, just because Will Ospreay was just amazing in that match. Um, and he was so fun to watch for the second time. And, yeah, I really liked it. So I'm going to go with Will and Chris. Um MVP, I'm going to give to MJF as well. I think he, he deserves an Oscar for the performance he's put in. I do look forward to seeing what MJF does next. I am disappointed with the ending of the match, but it doesn't take away from the the work and effort that MJF has put into it. So, yeah, he's definitely, definitely at the top there. Um, overall, again, I, I feel like I'm biased because I was there in person. It made the event so so much more fun, and I'm basing this event um, overall rating off of my feeling of just walking out of Wembley from walk- from the show. I will add in there is that little side disappointment for the women's match, that being just one match, and it being the sh- like a really short match as well. But aside from that, I am going to give it a nine. 
No, do you know what, Gina? I'm exactly the same as you. Got a nine. MGF from MVP and Will Ospreay is the match. Monty, what about you, my friend? Yep, I'm extremely biased. Of course, my MVP is the only guy who's actively signed to New Japan for wrestling. <laughs> but yeah, my MVP was Will Ospreay. Again, like I said, I feel like he really showed people he's more than just a spot guy. He is the best wrestler in the world, in a lot of people's eyes, deservedly so. And to have this moment at Wembley in front of his countrymen, I just thought it was special altogether. And he was fighting the, one of the greatest of all time. And again, I can't I can't argue with Max. So that's a great that's a great shout there. My and that's obviously my match of the night also. Uh, and my overall score will be uh, I'm with you guys. Honestly, it's funny you guys were there. I was expecting nine and a halves and you know some, you know a little bit of you know. But again, nine is right where I would put it. Even viewing it from my television screen, it was a really really good overall. You know, even the worst thing about the show. Was a really good match because I didn't think the women did anything wrong. I just thought, you know, again the time and and, and just the, the situation was the was bad. So honestly, yeah, I thought this was a really good show. Yeah, it's really weird because you know there was so many things kind of going into it, and I think if it had maybe like a proper five star match, uh, if it had like a, a major, I know it had total changes, but even with then, yeah, it's weird. I think we will look back and. Once the hubbub of seeing Punk has died down, we'll look back and think this is a really good first edition of Right. And of course, uh, they'll be back next Definitely. year. And who knows, Monty, you may be with us at All In. God knows what happens. You maybe. Know? Who knows? Maybe, who knows? maybe. Yeah. If if I yeah, ever I come think, to London, you guys that... are the first to know. I've said yeah. that and I, I mean it. Yeah, sure. So I think that is it. We're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it on the yeah. bombshell. And I've never <laughs> done this before. Cliffhanger. CM Punk has just been fired. Get our response and our thoughts next week as we review Payback. But that is it for now. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the Dominar Podcast. I'm at the Dominar Jai. You can find the entire Dominar team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find you and listen to you even? Like you said, on the Twitter banner at my Monty Pod and definitely check out my podcast reviewing the G1 clacks. Yeah, do you believe we've done six hours together nearly in two days? <laughs> two days, right? <laughs> Amazing. I really love these guys. I'm not being held against my will. And I can't <laughs> wait to do next week. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jaxi, what about you? Where can people find and uh, follow you? Um, I'm on both Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlett. Perfect. And Gina? I'm on both at Purple Pain. Lovely Dubbinals on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all Google platforms. Send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com, YouTube podcast. Got latest clips and podcasts at the same time on YouTube. Do SoundCloud. Also on Spotify and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that's it. That's our next episode. will be next weekend. And it will be WWE Payback. Until then, I've been James Rollins. And I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Jaxie, thank you for not only being a part of this podcast, but looking after me last week as well. You were my rock during <laughs> all in. Do you know that you didn't leave my side? And I appreciated it. No, it was a lot of fun. A great experience. I can't wait to do it same time next year. So, um, yeah, it was fun to review. And I can't wait uh, for the next one. Yeah, no, shallow that. And of course, the genius of Gina. Gina, hopefully, now we're 
we're back to where we were before that instant. You know, like, I, I think we feel good at this time. Yeah, after getting through the show, I feel like the forgiveness is there. So we're good. We're good. Uh, and of course, Monty, like I said, man, it's always a pleasure and never a chore. Thank you for joining me for, for two days worth of action. I hope it has been worthwhile. Definitely, definitely no problem. And I have to get to want to the, to probably the London show or a show with you guys before you ruin all this chemistry that we have, James. I can't let you do that. <laughs> I need help, Monty. I told you I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going <laughs> to fuck it up. It always happens. <laughs> but that is it. Thank you for listening, everybody. And bye. <laughs>